Well, hello, party people. What's happening? This is Talking During Movies, a weekly podcast where the conversation is driven by key moments and quotes of the film we are watching. Sometimes our guests have seen the movie and know exactly what's happening, and sometimes they come in cold. There are three ways to enjoy the podcast. One, just listen. Two, listen and drink. Three, listen, drink, and watch the movie. If you want to know in advance what movie we'll be talking over, follow us on Twitter at TalkDuringMovie, or follow us on Instagram at TalkingDuringMovies. Want us to talk over your favorite movie? Email us at TalkingDuringMoviesPodcast at gmail.com. Talking During Movies is brought to you by The Experience Firm. Define, design, deliver. The Experience Firm is all about outrageous experiences that build the brand. Get your customers talking and give you ROI. Simply put, the experience firm does what everyone else is afraid to do. We're also brought to you by Dirty Bills, our official home, our podcast studio, our haven, our dark dungeon, if you will, the best dive bar in all of Texas and the worst gay bar in Austin, Texas. Leslie is always kind enough to open up early for us, let me set up, use the internet, and have some fun. Now, we're bringing a new character into the mix, and that new character is the Vegas Fact Checker, a friend of mine for over 23 years. He knows all my lies and he knows all my truths. He'll be listening in and then chiming in uh, with me privately, and I will, of course, read his comments to you of where he thinks, in some of the podcasts, maybe I've stretched the truth or where, eh, I maybe haven't uh, fully enlightened on what's going on. Today's movie is Sneakers. Filmed in 1992, the year I graduated high school. Got an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good movie. It's about a team of ex-cons and hackers that break into stuff and show, show everyone how it can be broken. And that's just that seems to be the standard across the board for every 90s, early 2000s, even today's hacker movies, right? They've all got to be ex-cons, have to have broken the law in some capacity, or they're just not worth it. Sneakers is a great cast. River Phoenix, Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley, Mary McDonald. I mean, and then a hit of cameos. This movie is awesome. And you can find it on Amazon, iTunes, YouTube, Vudu, Google Play, and Netflix, only according to some sites. Uh, joining Jason Dick and I today is Omar Galaga. He writes about technology and culture for the Austin American Statesman. He was also a technology correspondent for NPR's All Things Considered. He's written for MSNBC.com, CNN.com. The man's absolutely amazing, super smart. He's been in the Austin tech scene for 20 years now. He gives us some great insight on what's hot in Texas uh, and what's going on here in Austin, not only in culture, but what companies he really thinks are, are making moves to, to be the new leaders here for us. Hands down, this is... Uh, quite easily our, uh, our most intelligent podcast, to say the least. So sit back, enjoy, thanks so much for your time, and yeah, here it is, the podcast. Talk, 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 talk.
Thanks so much for uh, for being here. I appreciate it. Of course, it sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think if you grab someone, you go, "Hey, uh, I'd like to steal you for two hours and talk," and you're busy and you run an extremely busy part of the paper, which kind of fuels Austin. You're like, "Oh yeah, sure, Jason. No, I've got two hours to drink and hang out." Anything to get me out of the office in the middle of the day to drink something and watch a movie. <laughs> I'm definitely you're you're, you're kind of down for that. Yeah. Nice. Well. Today's movie is uh, is one of my favorites, and it's an old one, 1992, so for you youngsters. By the way, you're going to hear some background noise. We're in Dirty Bills, as you all know, and they are getting ready for a single to mile party. Hi. Listen. Yeah, decadent see, that's, that's Dirty Bills. Decadent Dirty Bills. That is, that is our friend Tiffany. She's leading the charge here. They are, um, so yeah. But hey, until one of you want to get us a sponsor to go someplace where the acoustics are better, suck it. This is what we do. And plus, so I think there's a man literally drilling on the wall uh, outside. Drilling on the wall. Yeah. No, this is a professional operation. That's the way we run here. That's the way we run here. So we're doing uh, we're doing sneakers. A little background on sneakers for you people that are scratching your head and wondering. One, you can find it on Amazon, iTunes, YouTube, Voodoo, Google Play, Netflix, according to some sites. It is about a group of people that are brought together. Of course, you've all got to have a criminal background. If you're in the 90s and you're hackers, because there's no white hats back then. Uh, we've got Robert Redford. We have River Phoenix. Sidney Portier, very classy gentleman. Wow. Dan Aykroyd. Ben Kingsley. Gotcha. Another favorite. Mary McDonald. Uh, David Stratham. And a ton, a ton of cameos. So there we are. We're going to rock and roll, get this thing going. Uh, as we started up. Don't worry, I'll cue everyone in about 30 seconds in so they can, three ways of course, which I do the intro later on, other three ways they can enjoy the movie. They can just listen, they can listen and drink, they can listen, drink, and actually watch the movie. So hopefully there's some young kid out there wondering what life was like when he was making fun of his dad's picture of him holding a sidekick going, what, what happened? <laughs> The trio, the palm trio. The palm trio, so, and of course with us, Mr. Jason Dick, how hey, are you, sir? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, you know, just uh, another dream. Let me let yeah. me officially start this off, as you guys have already opened. Yeah. But always happy to be drinking before noon. Always uh, happy to be I've, drinking before I've noon. Kept my streak alive. Every episode of this podcast that I've appeared on is a movie I have not seen yet. When are we going to get to the Back to the Future Three? What the hell? Three. That's my expertise. That's, That's thought, my wheelhouse. I thought La Bamba. And can, fried green tomatoes was your wheelhouse. I, those are also my wheelhouse. <laughs> I, have pretty, I have a pretty, uh, a pretty broad wheelhouse. What's the Venn diagram of La Bamba, Back to the Future? Oh, oh please, oh, yes. yes. Omar, if, you, if it's not obvious to you, then you're not going to make it in the film reviewing this. Kathy Bates in La Bamba? No. <laughs> yeah, she should be if she's not. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend the whole podcast trying to think of what, how they overlap, and I'm gonna come up with a good idea for you. You're it's going to take a while, though. I like it. So we're at a minute 15, 16, 17, 18. It's opening up December 1969. It's a snowy, snowy day. And uh, we're going to get we're gonna, we're gonna get the breakdown. As as we get the, the breakdown, um, while well, well, we're going through the intros and all this fun stuff, tell people who are, aren't aware a little bit of what you do at the States. Oh, okay. Watch it there. Since uh, 
the dawn of time. I've been there like almost 21 years. Uh, mostly covering tech. I, I cover the tech industry. It's been more from a cultural perspective. So like, you know, get that mic a little bit closer oh, sure. to you. So there you go. columns and, and more like tech reviews and uh, just looking at where like culture and technology intersect. They had tech in 1997. It they was did. our. Industry. We had a tech boot. We had this is we're like in our second or third tech boom in Austin. Oh. At the time, I was covering like the dot-com boom okay. when all right. the pets.com and garden.com and all of these. Was that when Vignette came here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, the uh, first, maybe the first billion dollar, um, billion dollar valuation company of Austin? I, or was Dell? I think Dell got there first, honestly. But yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah, at the time it was all like chips and software and, and then the rise of the dot-coms. And then everything went away, like for a little while, like everything kind of died out, like around 2002, 2003, and then kind of came roaring back in like 2007, 2008 with, the, with all the social media stuff. See, and this is where the tacos of Austin get me because you said chips and software. I went to chips, <laughs> chips and, salsa. and salsa first thing. First thing, I'm like, he's saying chips and salsa. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So what you've gone, you've gone through a boom and a bust, mm -hmm. and now we're in another boom. Yes, that that seems to be sustaining better. And Austin's one of those weird cities where. We have enough of a variety of different kinds of tech that even if there's a downturn in chips or there's a downturn in software, like there's other areas of tech that we're doing here that kind of you know, balance it out. So, you know, Dell's still plugging along. We've got still got like Samsung and companies like AMD. Uh, but then you've got all these like, you know, health tech startups and companies that are doing interesting stuff in commerce. Uh, uh, you know, so, like, it's, it's, a, it's a very, I mean, there's never. Not enough stuff to write about. There's always, yeah. like, I'm always think, like, struggling uh, with, like, there's too much to write about. I don't have time to do everything. I think this is an appropriate question. Is <laughs> Amazon going to move here or are they going to build their second headquarters? I thought there was a really good chance a few months ago and now it's starting to feel like that's fading. Like, it feels like really? uh, it's leaning toward uh, North Carolina, is what I'm hearing. Really? Um, yeah, I always heard. The front is it DC? Because oh, yeah, also yeah, on yeah. the post. Yeah, there. those are the two kind of front runners. Could it could it be the fact that we really don't have a legitimate international airport? Could that be a hiccup in the giddy up? Uh, and transportation in general, just that yeah. our highways are a mess. Traffic sucks. And I don't. Austin doesn't really want it, right? I think if you ask uh, most Austinites, they would say uh, pass. Definitely, all the, a lot of the business leaders want it, and a lot of the people that are in the industry that would benefit from having an right. Amazon here wanted uh, the city I think wants it but we've kind of yeah there's kind of an ambivalence about like well we already have enough big stuff and, and we don't want to grow any more than we are but I think a lot of cities feel that way. Do you um because there's there's been a lot of controversy about Amazon the median earned income for an Amazon employee something like 65 percent are on or a part of food stamps and the one argument I never heard was or at least from business leaders here was what, how does this impact our taxes? How does this impact us as a culture here when you're creating more jobs, but you're getting tax discounts to Amazon while at the same time paying more taxes to keep people on food stamps so that they can go to that job, and then it's a vicious cycle. Well, these jobs, the, the HQT jobs would, would be the high jobs. Would be the oh, they would? Jobs, jobs. Amazon already has a bunch of jobs here now, like at, at the warehouses at San Marcos, mm -hmm. uh, those lower paying, you know, can open up like warehouse. Kind of grunt jobs. Yeah. The HQ2 jobs are supposed to be like 50000 like high pay, $100,000 at least salary jobs. So like half your salary. Just. This is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> twice. 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 Uh, hang, hang on. Let me reach for my wallet. Uh, this is this is the smartest this podcast has ever sounded. I know. This is... <laughs> we're, 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 I did I did uh, interview uh, and, and Jason wasn't, wasn't able to make it. I did uh, Paul O'Brien. Uh, 
oh, yeah. uh, Media Paul, Tech Paul's Ventures. A great talker. Paul. Paul's a great talker. We did Iron Man, which was fun. Um, I, I kept it light, and and he, he kept it on message, God bless him, because he's smart and intelligent and comes with a plan. And as you can see, we come with a plan. It's more beers and, and having fun than, than a message necessarily. But it's, it's I agree with you, Jason. Smart as the podcast. Beers and background noise. Write that in the review on iTunes right <laughs> beers now. Beers and background. The, the B squared. five stars and write beers and background noise. That'd be perfect. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm still looking to use this analog soundboard. So give me a break, kids. We're doing this on the fly. Um, so we've got the, the premise here, of course, is they break into stuff to show that it can be broken into. Uh, it, what are your are there any security measures that, that you use any spent not that you have to give up you know but that you use to protect yourself in this world of, of, of hacking which is I think far superior from a van with it looks like 20 bubble televisions and Dan Aykroyd at the phone booth my, my kids know my I had an iPhone passcode so nothing is secure in my house nothing is <laughs> locked down at all uh, no just and I terrible about using the same password on multiple websites and now I'm, I'm a terrible I, I'm not a good example but I've actually you know I got on Facebook about 10 years ago I've been on I've had my own website since like 2000 and I've never had a major hacking ever I've never had my identity stolen I've never had any and of course this is now a challenge yeah I know like hey I, I thought the challenge the fun challenge is going to be can we beat Paul O'Brien's download uh, he's averaging 176 downloads a day on his podcast. So I'm like, oh, we got to figure out how to beat that one, right? Like, there's, you right. see, Set a Bar, Step Brothers was the highest one at first at 158 a day. It's tapered off now a little bit. It's down to like 58 a day, and he's at almost the 180 mark. 58,000 so. a day is pretty good, Jason. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> pretty he's good. A <laughs> he is. He's a networker. So um, I know the old school hacking was, and it seems to still be the way, right? The, the weakest point is people. Yes, it's bad passwords. It's um, well, it's people answering the phone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, call yeah. and manipulate someone and get whatever you want out of them. Oh, they're very sophisticated about that. And I've had and I've had that instance of of getting the phone call that I thought was a real entity, and them saying, "Okay, now we need access to your bank account." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Like, Pause. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> they have to be. They're not more clever than that. They're like, "All right, hang on. Can you just give me your bank password and PIN number now?" But people fall for it because they they will pick a very specific thing like. Oh. You know, we you're you have an issue with your Windows, you know, Windows ME or whatever, and that happens to be, you know, they they somehow find out what software you're using, and then they can very specifically say, yeah. hey, your Windows XP installation has an issue. We're you know we're for Microsoft. We're gonna help you out here, and you know the people and typically they target elderly people who you may not know as well. Well, like my buddy and I, and I've brought this up before, so forgive me, glaze over, start watching the movie. Uh, my buddy and I. Created mobile to mobile caller ID spoofing. We were the first ones to do it. Oh, right. From a sidekick to a cell phone, I can make any number show up on that cell phone. Yeah. And a lot of people were using it on voice over IP lines to call people up and just be like, hey, FYI, uh, this, my name is Jason. I'm with BC Security, badge number 78295. I just have a couple of questions. There's been some insecure, uh, been some things that have made us a little weary about what's going on with your credit card. Did you just buy two TVs at Target? And they're like, no, I'm not, there's not a Target around here. What the hell's going on? They freak out. You make them nervous. You get all their information, steal everything, and then move forward. <coughs> just tell them it's going to be a month until they get their next card. And in that month, by then, you call Visa, you order a new card, you get it shipped to you, and you go on a spending spree for a month. Yeah. 
increase the credit line if you want to. I mean, all those things that are fun to and, steal from people. And now it's like that if, if you spoof a local number or they think that it's somebody they know. I had that happen like two days ago. I had somebody, uh, I had a spam call and I did the thing where, you know, I didn't answer the phone because I knew it probably wasn't a number I recognized, but I responded to the text saying, sorry, I can't talk right now. Yeah. And then the person wrote back saying, who's this? You know, what, what is this? Huh. And I'm like, someone from your number just... They're just trying to yeah. call me. He's like, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's only getting weirder. You guys are freaking me out. I didn't know any of this stuff was going on out there. Oh, they're like, everywhere. Literally two days ago, so this number <laughs> from San Antonio, the number called me seven times in two days. And I was like, I ain't picking up no number from San Antonio. Who do you think I am? But Could after, be the stripper from San Antonio. Yeah, there, I, sir. I, I've had some long nights in San Antonio. That's exactly. Like, <laughs> Why? Uh, you'll have to contact my lawyer, man. Uh, but no, uh, after seven times in two days, I was like, "Who? all right, who is this? And I just say hello. And I could tell the person on the phone, they were kind of shocked that I picked it up. And they're like, oh. Uh, and then after warning me that the call was going to be recorded, it said, uh, this is Jason Dick. Yes. And I said, uh-huh. And they're like, Jason Dick, who used to live at... One two three Fake Street, uh, and I was like, no, I've never like it's some address I've never lived at, and I was like, no, I li never lived there. And she says, uh, okay, is your so the last four digits of your social security number? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no. She says, okay, thank you, sir. And I'm like, wait, what is this about? What, is this? <laughs> what were you trying to find? What happened? Is somebody has someone thieved my identity out there? What's going on? I get the student loan one all the time. You get the, oh, like, I love your student loan. I've never had a student loan in my life. Stop it. No, I listen, not happening. They, uh, we did the, um, we play basketball. I play basketball three days out of the week at, a, at some local churches. And I won't name the one that's downtown that we play at, but we had gone there. We have an agreement with the church. We pay them a certain amount of money. They keep it unlocked for us. And the doors open at a certain time and they lock at a certain time. So we have like 15 minutes to get all the guys in, play, and then when you leave, you're gone. And the door was locked. It was in the summer. And they had a DGI, or not DGI, that's the drone company, but uh, I forget that there was a security company they had, and they had a keypad on the front. And I just Googled universal unlock for this keypad. And the internet gave it to me. Really? Oh, wow. And I typed it in, and it unlocked. And I, and I just, I smiled, and I looked at everyone, and I said, you're welcome, I am a hacker. Break into your bank accounts later and steal all your money. Well, now I know how to get to an apartment pool that has the little keypad thing. Nice. Yeah. There are there are universal codes that police and fire and postal people have to get past those. So they can deliver mail and do stuff. Uh -huh. So if there's a fire there and there's a gate, they don't want. They just they have a code they type in and they get through. It's very fast and it's it's also a glitch in the matrix, right? Because there is a problem with the fact that there are universal codes posted online. On, it's this a, one. It's a skeleton key, basically. Yeah. The, the digital. The digital. Yeah, and now, and now people are giving Amazon access to their cars to deliver packages. Did you hear about that? Terrifying. I'm not doing to your that. house and your car. Oh, I did see. Yeah, they'll put it in your trunk, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're not there. And it is, it's not it's even like my trunk key to your car. It's that the, the if you have OnStar or some connected exactly. service, then they can just open your trunk and be like, oh, which yeah, is that's fine. which is weird that they they try to do that because they also sell key fobs on Amazon that are basically a sound mimicker that can unlock oh, any right. car. <laughs> So I don't know why they're messing so around with like, I gotta use that. OnStar. You can already do this, but it's yeah, like, we usually just sell this to criminals, but for us, it's different. Omar, Jason has invited me to play basketball with him several times, and this is why I've always had to refuse. When he just said uh, I play basketball three times a week at different churches, I was like, oh, if I would have known it was at Church's Chicken, I would have totally played. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he means. Where the so, Lord sleeps. I'm getting in shape, man. I'm gonna get in shape, and I'm gonna come break out my turnaround J on you. You're gonna, you're not gonna know what it is. 
where the Lord sleeps. So one of one of the key themes that our dear friend Dan Aykroyd has throughout this whole movie is conspiracy theories. He believes they have faked the moon landing. He believes that the CIA causes earthquakes, and then you know, of course, JFK, and uh, some other stuff. Weather control. Omar, where do you sit in the world of conspiracy theories? Uh, I, I, am, I am a debunker. My, my, <laughs> my job title, I don't think I could work where I work if I, if I didn't do that. Uh, no, it's been interesting to see, you know, here also to see the rise of Alex Jones and, and that will sort of become an epicenter for some of this stuff. But, but I was, I was, he's saying he's normal. I've heard, I've heard, you, how long have you been in Austin? Almost 10 years. Okay, I've been here since uh, around 97. And I hear stories now from people that have been around. You know, longer than that about what Alex Jones was like before he was famous when he was still like on public access and that you know how much of it is an act and how much of it is just you know, starting to bought into his own thing. drinking his own Kool-Aid yeah bit. but people that knew him back then were like oh he was just this you know this is a regular guy you know he didn't believe any of this stuff now, now Jason or welcome has he been on your show no I've never I have spoken to Alex Jones I was just gonna say but I, <laughs> he's never been on my on a, not on any of my mini programs but he used to before he was, uh, you know, a, a megastar. He used to tape in the same building that my show is in. Uh, you know, yeah. I think he was just on the weekends. But every once in a while, I'd be up there and I'd see him in the kitchen. He'd just be like some dude. And I'd be like, Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, what's up, dude? And then eventually, like after two years of passing him in the hallway, like I casually caught the program that he was putting on. Like my kind like, of guy. Lies. The government is the devil. <laughs> and that's like <laughs> That's that nice dude who's just getting a Mountain Dew out of the machine? I was like, oh, what, what, what happened? But hang on, do you think, is he popular in Austin? Because I know he's based out of here, but I, I always thought that, like, you know. He is now. He's become sort of a natural figure. But, yeah, for years he was just this guy on the fringe in Austin that people knew of. But, but the Austin famous. people were smarter than that. He's talking about me on his show. Oh, really? About, I uh-huh. did a story uh, when the guy ran his uh, plane in the IRS building. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was here for that. Yeah. yeah, I think I did a story about the social media reaction to it. Is that like that's that's the type of story that I would do? Is like, okay, what were people talking about online? Hey, PR people, are you this? actually listening to what the man said? Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> weird stories about people crashing planes in the IRS. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think my story was a reaction story of like, what are people talking? And in that story, I mentioned because there was already stuff floating around on the Infowars website, and I mentioned some of that. So that was his. Like, you know, this guy, nice? Omar Gallana, or, or, yeah, of course, didn't pronounce my name right. No, he can't. Butchered my name, and it was like, and it was like this guy's a face, man, doesn't know what he's talking about, and just like went on a whole rant about my name, and you know, who is this guy, and, and that was that was pleasant. I bet that's know. nice. But that was like the dawn of podcasting, too. He was putting that stuff online. Now, yeah. is that when you find out what friends you want to block on Facebook, when they call up and they're like, Omar, so I was listening to Alex Jones, <laughs> one of my favorites, <laughs> and he mentioned you. Um, we need to go out and grab a coffee. And you're like, I'm going to hit a hard pause on that. i got to let you go. I have a few people that email me. I have one guy who's, who's a supposed security expert who will email me these long, detailed, Those are you know, footnoted rants about Facebook and what they're doing with your data and how I created a report for the National Security Agency and I used to work, you know, in, in government and I know all this stuff. And so he, but it's one of those things where, like, I don't have time to look through all that. Like, I, that's not, <laughs> right. not my beat, not, not something I'm working on. Did like, you just give him Lori Hawkins' email? You're like, have you tried yeah, Lori? Like, have you talked to Lori or Kirkley? <laughs> Lori just flips you off in the other cubicle. <laughs> Still, but yeah, like it's, it's sometimes like they'll send you so much stuff that you're like, I'm never going to be able to look through all this stuff or verify all this information that you're sending me in. Like, 
about a guest column? Why don't you write a guest column for us? <laughs> Why don't you do it? Now, on the, on the uh, I won't call it conspiracy, but I'll call it on the weird news tip that I've only seen one one thing cover, but I, I find it fascinating. I don't know if it's true or not, right? So we'll, we'll edge on the side of true just because I saw it on a news site that I don't think is fake. A local reporter here left, gone, used to cover technology at a different place, not the Statesman, and is saying that he was let go because he did a couple articles on Dell that weren't flattering, and Dell flexed its weight and said, if I'm going to advertise with you, these reports can't go on anymore. Huh. He, was, he says he was warned once and then let go on the second one. That second article being that can no longer be found online that Dell was going to move Dell World to Vegas and the city of Austin losing $8 million if they moved from Austin to Vegas. Huh, that doesn't even seem like a negative article. That just seems like, well, that, that's what happened. That's what happened, yeah. right? And it's, fa it, it's fascinating to me because as we talk about Amazon and bringing this full circle, as we get bigger companies in here and as we get in a small town big companies, do you feel the weight or the pressure of writing a certain way. Like I, I saw your piece on the Apple on Apple and I saw your tweets on it. Oh, that was right? <laughs> and it was you know, you're like it was a nightmare. But you're very honest about it. And I wonder, you have a boss that goes, hey, maybe we don't say nightmare. Maybe we say kind of a scary dream. I mean, do you get a, a piece of pressure from it knowing that it's Apple, knowing that Apple could buy a full page ad in the Statesman every day for the next twenty years and not feel that pain point? Uh, no, we're big enough at the Statesman that we have a pretty clear line between advertising and uh, my boss is the opposite he is very old school journalist okay so when when apple was kind of uh, the situation was that apple was very making it very difficult for me to write the story i wanted to write on time wasn't getting me to me they were like i saw the date gap between when you first saw it, when the tweet happened, yeah, versus Monday. when the article came out. And that was on them. They were like, this is embargoed until Thursday. On Thursday, we're going to make this announcement and you can publish it now, which is very common. I mean, they, yeah. they will, we're going to give you early access to something, but you have to wait until this date of time to publish it. That's that. I'm okay with it. We have an exclusive, which we did for this. Uh, where, where it fell apart was they said, you can't send a photographer, you can't take any book, videos or photos. I had my phone, I, I had my iPhone 8 at the Apple location. <laughs> hey, well, I got an Apple phone. Should have used a Samsung. I, I brought my <laughs> iPad to take notes, guys, hey. Uh, and, but they would not let me take pictures or video. They wouldn't let our award-winning, fantastic photographers go and take pictures. So we were at the mercy of them to provide us with images and video. Uh, and that didn't happen. Th you know, Thursday morning, I'm like, hey guys, where's the photos? Where's the videos? I gotta put this stuff together. No photos, no videos, to the point where we ended up missing the deadline, but other sites had it because all they did was just repost what Apple sent them, whereas we actually want, we want to you know, the news. our own video based on what they sent us. We can't, we're not just gonna run their commercial as is. Yep. We're gonna edit it and just take the parts we need. So we, we ended up missing the embargo time, even though we had the exclusive because Apple was being so controlling of the message. And then, you know, I had interviewed all these people at the site about this recycling machine. And then at the very last minute, the day of, I said, you know, can you send me their exact title so I make sure I get it right? And they said, wait, what do you mean their titles? You're not actually using their interviews, are you? Like, they're off the record. Like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, like, nope. So things like that where a company will try and very hard to control the message. And I'm like, I'm not going to write any. This is not a negative story. This is not an expose. This is like a very fluffy piece about this cool new thing that Apple's doing. 
and the people I spoke to that I interviewed, all of them were on message. They all said the exact right things that Apple would want. So why not let me quote them? Like that's what's the problem? Yeah. Uh, so even when you're trying to cast something in a positive light, the company still will, like Apple, try very hard to control exactly what the message is and exactly what they want you to say. Like like you said, you work for a, a big publication for the statesman. Yeah. I kind of I have a very I don't know if it's euphoric or optimistic view of journalism. Because uh, watch how I try to relate to you. I was a journalism major for three boozy? semesters. Can we, can we say boozy for three boozy? semesters at UT? Uh, so no, like I uh, like I just kind of have a boner for the, the freedom of the press and journalism and stuff like that. And that's why this world that we live in today is particularly frustrating to me. Because yeah, you work for a big ass company, but there's got the, the media is you know the, if you look at the entire saturation of coverage of whatever it's going to be, so many of those people don't have the freedoms that you have, right? Or don't you know, they exist yeah. under more pressure to, you know, adhere to the advertising. I'll give you an example. Radio, the industry I'm in, they tell me all the time, hey, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm very lucky in, in that I have, and that also that I have a boss. Oh, and, and with the, and the, the point I, I was going to make with Apple thing was, my boss was like, you know what, fuck up. You know, like, we're, we're not, <laughs> he, was he was like, we're not going to run this in print. You know, like, like fuck them. That's how they're going to play you and that's how they're going to treat you. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I want my story. Hold on. Hard. I worked really hard on this. Uh, but my boss was like, if they're not going to play ball, we're just not going to do the story. Like, that's that's my boss. Like, he's very old school. Like, we're not going to get pushed around, even if it's Apple, and even if it's a cool story that people should know about, about something unique to Austin. Like, we're not going to get played like that. So that's my, so I'm very lucky to have a boss who, who, will, who will take that hard line of like, we're not going to carry their water and be their PR monkey. Like, yeah. I think we're going to do the story we want to do. A lot of bosses, a lot of editors are not like that. I mean, no. I mean, I, my, I, have a, I have a friend at, a, at another digital paper that just covers tech, and they are the same way. And I asked him, and I'll, I'll ask you as well. And it sounds like your boss is, is very cool. I don't, I don't know my, my, my friend's boss in any way, shape, or form. But I said, have you ever seen, you've covered, you and another reporter have covered the same story. And your boss comes in and lays down your coverage and lays down someone else's. And it's the same story, but it's completely different because you've interviewed people, you've done something, and someone took the press release, eh, changed a word here or there, and then called it their call. Yeah, that happens a lot. That, that happens. <laughs> oh, and that's what I try to, and, and, you know, I come at it more from a writerly thing than a reporting thing. Like, I consider yeah. myself a writer first, and a reporter second. And a lot of people are the opposite of that. So, like with the Apple story, like, I was trying to tell a story and write it in a way that was entertaining to read and kind of fresh. So yeah, if you put my story next to all the other websites that, that put it out at exactly noon that day, they wrote it, they ran the press release, ran a picture, and then maybe wrote a line like, isn't that cool? You know, like I mean, they yeah. really did nothing with it beyond that. Whereas I actually went there, I interviewed people, I you know, spent an hour just looking at all the different parts of this machine, and what does this do? Oh, what is that? What is it? Oh, well, that looks cool, what is it? You know, and really had the conversations to contextualize it. You know, but, even, you know, I don't always have the time to do that. You know, sometimes yeah. my entire story will be based on a single interview on the phone or email. So, you know, this was a case where I took the time to go out there, I took the time to talk to people to really understand it so I could give people a clear picture of it. But you can't do that with every story, unfortunately. And here's the, you know, so one of the fun things about this, and this is what, this is, this is my personal joy, right, is that I've been very blessed throughout 23 years to work with journalists and TV people and everything else, and they've been kind enough sometimes to to include me in, in things. But in doing this now is something new. 
All right, so I've got Jason over here. He's got a world famous radio show. It's in Australia, in Florida, which I just I consider Florida our Pluto. We, we do don't really count it. In Australia. At least one guy who emails me from Australia all the time. What up, Mike? What up, Mike? Uh, and then we have yourself. You, you've got a podcast, a real podcast. Not that this is not a real podcast, but it's I not. This is real. No, it's real. It's fun. <laughs> this is just, there's a difference between, I think, three guys sitting around drinking, there's a movie on silent, and we're in some way leveraging it to have a, have a two-hour conversation. But, um, you know, you have a podcast, you've got that, you, you've got 512 Tech. It seems like you've continually developed, almost like the Austin culture has here, your, your footprint on us. I mean, the first, I don't know if the first time you remember the first time we met, Laura Beck's event. Oh, yeah, the meetup. The yeah, meetup. Yeah. And this was like five years ago. She's like, you, you need to go say hi to that guy. And I was like, okay, I'll go say hi. And I go, I'm like, hey, Jason. Like, like, why is he stuffing his face with uh, <laughs> so much bread? Why, why does he have bread? <laughs> why does he have bread in his teeth and four beers in his hand? Why is he chasing the waiter down? <laughs> yeah. Running after the waiter. There's more bread. And uh, where do I get? I, gotta, I don't want to stand that line for beers. Which now, yeah. she's gone, right? She's a school teacher. And we've got someone else. I didn't get an invite this year. I really felt hurt. I heard, I heard that too. I heard he got taken over by other, some other people. Some, some other people. From Laura, so it yeah. Laura organizing it. Well, I love Laura. She's great. She's the best. But I, I have heard from some people like, why didn't I get an invite this year? Like, what, what, you know? And I think. I mean, I brought CNN, CNBC, Wall Street Journal up there the last couple of years. I thought I would get someone a told, Someone told me they were told that they weren't inviting journalists this year. But yet somehow I still got an invite. So I don't know if that was. Not a journalist, sir? Like they didn't want her to sully the, the good the good name of, of But I think that's the best the part is that you get some inside information on actually what's happening. It's one of the few places where and I love South by Southwest for its variety of things and I've I've exploited the variety of them quite a bit, but that's one of the few places where it's pure business. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, I mean it really it's really it really is. I mean, but but every year I go the reason I would go to that event, apart from stuffing my face and, and with alcohol and, <laughs> and, and delicious meats, what is because I see some of the same people there every year that I never get to see otherwise. That I you know, some of the locals, like I, yeah. I, I walk in and I know I'm going to see, uh, you know, uh, some of the local headhunters and some of the local people in the startup community that I never get to hang out with because I don't go out very much. So that, that that's the place where I'm going to walk in and see a few familiar faces. In addition to all the people from out of town that are you know, networking, but. You know, and I mean, I know I'm going to get pitched at least one annoying startup that has nothing to do with my beat. 100%. It, you know, but I will have two, you know, a drink in each hand, so I'll be fine. Now, Jason, you experienced South by a little bit differently. Yeah. Like, we do the digital side. About. What was that? What was that about? <laughs> Rooftop party? What? <laughs> 101X, uh, where's the place where you guys go? Uh, we've been broadcasting from Buffalo Billiards. Buffalo Billiards. For like a decade or so now, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, we have the bands come by and interview, and uh, this year for the first time we took over the upstairs and there were live performances. But that's all, I don't, I don't do any of that. I wake up early in the morning. That's, those are the people that I work with, and you're good, good on that. You, you wake up early, but you enjoy South Park. Oh, I love South by Southwest. I, I hate the, I do not care for South by Southwest, fuck South by Southwest guy. Don't be that guy. Uh, I understand. I don't know. Just like the people who are like, oh, not again with the traffic and the oh, thing. No, no. Don't move here. Don't move here, do the Los Angeles douche. And I'm like, this is just, this is a, even more so than, I mean, it is a very unique sort of once in the world, one place in the world type of festival conference meetup where you have all the music and all of films, tech people, all of the different moving parts, and I'm like, I think it's a cool thing that is in our city, and yeah, 
it's a pain in the ass for a lot of people, but I love it. I absolutely love it, man. I, I dread it every year just because it's so much work. Like, right. once it starts, I'm having a blast. I'm having yeah. so much fun once it actually is happening. So now, for, for both of you, question for both of you. Uh, Jason, please lead us off here. Your, your white whale, the interview, whether it's during South by or ACL, the, the one that you, you've hunted that you haven't got, that for some reason... Nick has not been able to secure yeah, this interview for you. My producer, my radio producer, <laughs> named Nick. He's the worst. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Shout out Nick. And by the way, I, Nick, I, I, Nick, Nick, actually, Nick, Nick's the only one who greets me at the front and walks me back to say hi to you guys uh, and, and drop stuff off for you. So is he nice I, to you? He's super nice to oh, me. Oh, really? Because normally when I'm like, hey, somebody, blah, 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 is at the, Jason's at the front. He brought moonshine. Will you bring it back? He goes, <sighs> All right, fine. I'll, yeah, I'll do it. And I'm like, you're the producer of the show. That's what. What do you? Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's always he's always good to me. What is the 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 interview that I want? Yeah, your white whale. Let's uh, put it out there in the universe. Let's get it out there. Um, well, that's the thing is like it's, uh, because we do the mornings, and I suppose if I was more of a go getter, could uh, you know load up the portable recorder and go chasing down. But everybody, like you, contact people and they're real excited to come on your show. Uh, to you know, the, some people come here and they're like, "We're going to do every media opportunity that we get." And then they've been here for two days, and all of a sudden it was like, "We said we'd be where at seven fifteen a.m." And like at eight ten, you get a text from their publicist, be like, "I he's not. I can't get him. I can't." Oh, so, you, mean, you mean when Jeff died, he promised to do our <laughs> podcast, and then he's like, "Wait, it's two hours." Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's where? Nope. I'm busy. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we've swung and missed on so many people. I don't, I don't even. I mean, Bill Murray was just here at this South by Southwest. Yeah. And uh, but I don't even. I, I can't even begin to think of how I would try to get at him. John uh, from the chat. I've, I've, yeah, I've caught like a, a whole bunch of people that I can't believe. Uh, when Metallica played here, in, I don't know, ten years ago or something like that. Yeah. You guys remember that? Uh, they played at Stubbs. Metallica played at Stubbs. Uh, I introduced them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's this is a long story that I don't really want to get into, but basically, the short version is it was a long week of South by Southwest. That morning's broadcast was not totally professional. I would, been, <laughs> I would eventually get suspended a day for that. <laughs> but that night, I'm introducing Metallica, and I'm standing back there, and the, the, their manager guy's like, Hey, this is Jason, he's going to introduce you guys. Uh, and I was like, Do you want me to say anything? And they're like, Whatever you want, man. And I was like, All right, cool. And then, Kirk says, do you want a beer? And I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just like reaches into this cooler backstage and gives me a beer. I was like, I've got a Kirk Hammett beer. <laughs> <laughs> do I drink it? Do I save it? <laughs> and then I was like, God damn, I had this awesome show, this awesome job that I'm going to get fired from on Monday because today's show was a disaster. Uh, but uh, I did not get fired, just suspended. Um, but yeah, no, I love South by Southwest. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to think about how I can complain about it. Omar, you got a you got a white whale, someone that besides John McAfee when he was on the run, uh, <laughs> probably not on the tech side, but like uh, on just the, anything, on, yeah. On the podcast, on the uh, the I love you so much podcast that we that we do, we've, we've had some bits of. Then we had um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Elon uh, Musk, Taylor Kitsch from uh, Oh, okay. Lights. oh wow, so cool and so polite. And, I mean, he's a Canadian boy, so like you, you come in. I, I like how Canadians are just defined as polite. Yeah, like he's yeah. Just, you think he's going to be this bad? I think he's you know riding in on a motorcycle, which he did do in a leather jacket, but like super polite, like, very nice, very cool, very low low key. Wow. Uh, no, I think our white whale is probably McConaughey. Just you know, he's so associated with Boston, <laughs> so you know everyone. Him and Rod, 
So yeah. I reached I reached out to Andy Roddick's people. Roddick, right? I could probably get if I tried really hard because I, I know Bobby I Bones. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. see, see, Bobby Bones Shots is one of those. Fired. One of those guys. Yeah. Listen, one of those guys. Like, I mean, I reached out to Bobby Bones. Too. I reach out through everyone through Instagram or Twitter. Uh-huh. Because I have no other way to do things. Not that Google doesn't exist, but half those things are fake on there anyways. And someone's yeah. like, well, if you really want to forward this email, it's going to be $2,500. And I'm like, oh, I've got a bag of dicks to send your way. <laughs> uh, so I just do Twitter and Instagram, and I ping people. Uh, and I reached out to Roddick, and his PR person got back to me. And he's just like, so when do you want to do this? And I said, I don't know. He goes, well, he's in L.A. all summer. I said, okay, well, isn't he coming back for his foundation? And said, yeah. So well, here are our numbers after two weeks. And the guy said, those are your numbers? I said, it's from Apple and SoundCloud. I have no other way to give you numbers. He's like, all right, so we're te- we're in, tentatively in. Like, let's pencil us in, and we'll do it during foundation week. And I was like, oh, God bless you. And he also, it helps that his PR person is here in Austin, knows yeah. Leslie really well. And he thought I was making up that we record in this bar. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. This is this is not a joke, sir. This is where we do things. Tim Kennedy is coming on. Uh so that'll be fun. Yeah, we've had, uh, like, we keep going back and forth with um, Brooklyn Decker's people uh, because she has a, a jewelry based business in Austin that they really wanting us to do something on. And Kendall Scott, watch out. Yeah, so, so we're right. like, yeah, we're de- or I think it has something to do with, like, either jewelry or clothes or some, some startup that they wanted us to talk about. And we're like, yeah, we'll be doing a thing with Brooklyn Decker. But it, I think they were trying to schedule it right in the middle of South by Southwest and we just couldn't do it. Well, there's something about their travel, right? Well, they're yeah. here for that part and then they're in LA. I mean, this is a problem you have with the pool season, Jason. So you understand this. Totally. Then they're in LA and then they're back here in the fall. They've missed right. that pollen drop. Right? <laughs> they're like, we don't fly out for South by. We fly out for the fall. Yeah. And then they come back. There's a whole art to booking guests that I did. We're still trying to master for our podcast because we, we some will just fall into our lap. Like we had a uh, Esther Perel. I don't know if you know who that is. But I she, don't know. She's a very famous psychotherapist who's written two books. One about infidelity, which is amazing. Someone we're never having. Oh. <laughs> she's, she's super cool, and and like she did a TED talk that was amazing about why people cheat and how America has this very strange attitude toward it that the rest of the world doesn't. Um, and she has a podcast called uh, Where Should We Begin that's just couples in therapy, one single sessions with her, and she's brilliant. She gets right down to it. Uh, and these couples are so messed up, and she, and she will get right to the heart of the matter. But she but she came on our show, and she was here for the Texas Women's Conference, and I didn't know who she was. I didn't know she was a big deal, and, but my co-hosts listened to her podcast and were like, we got to get us a bro. She's amazing. Wow. And when she walked into the newsroom, like, people like Matthew Odom were like starstruck. They were like, oh my God, it's Esther Burrell. And she was a cool lady. She was this cool European lady who knows her stuff about, you know, relationships. And she turned out to be a great chat. But someone who was completely off my radar, yeah. it turns out she's a huge deal and didn't know it. So sometimes it's good to have co-hosts who kind of know that world better than, than you do. So. Absolutely. And you just looked at me. I was like, I don't, no, know, I, don't, I don't know any world that you. But know you know the Jesus world. Like you, you probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I have. Uh, I've gotten McConaughey. I, I, we had him on the phone. Uh, now, to be fair, this was pre Mud Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, uh, True Detective McConaughey. Yeah. So it's back when he's kind of like. I don't want to say that it was ever a joke. But romantic comedy era. Where it was just like, hey, there's Matthew McConaughey with his shirt off in the bongos again. That guy, <laughs> you never know what you get with that guy. Uh, no, I think you exactly know what you get. It's him and Owen Wilson. Shirt off bongos. <laughs> riding remember, bikes with Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't remember what he was promoting, but he had a, a, a movie, I believe, that was debuting at the Paramount. 
seven or eight years ago. Is this probably. the seven days of Christmas where he was at Christmas and he missed the love of his life? I, I don't know what it was, but I yeah, remember. Boy. <laughs> I remember thinking because it was on the phone. Like he was, he was on the phone, and I remember the whole time I was doing the interview. Yeah, uh, yeah I was like, this might not even really. <laughs> this isn't like Trump's publicist, which is just Trump <laughs> saying he's Trump's publicist. In the in the infancy of my radio career, this is one of the one of the lowest points. I remember we agreed to an interview with Rock Sensations Puddle of Mud. I love Puddle of Mud. How dare you? She fucking hates me. Is what was was my anthem song for why. <laughs> Good-looking women broke up with this fat guy after one day. This is how I lived, okay? <laughs> uh, and we, we talked, I mean, like, we did six legitimate minutes of questions with Puddle of Mud before I realized that we, we were being pranked by another morning show. There was some guy who used to, uh, like, that was his thing. Uh, not even here. Like, he was out of Philadelphia, I think. And his whole thing was... He would book interviews on other morning shows and then do impressions. Which, by the way, how do you do a puddle of mud impression? You're like, uh, hello, I'm a white douchebag. Let me see if I can sell you on this idea. Yeah. What a dick. Sorry. And yeah, like, after like five or six minutes, we were like, it just started spinning out of control. We were like, what the hell's going on here? And eventually they hung up on us. And somebody eventually told us that we had, do, we had been pranked by this other morning show. And so I've always, like... Been, now I'm scared of that anytime when we're interviewing somebody on the phone and the day that we had McConaughey I was like this is just a dude doing like a B plus McConaughey impression oh. uh, I think it was really him but I really have no idea I never saw him face See, I've done, so there have been two well, two good pranks one years ago for the Zebra the insurance company here in town yeah they uh, we chatted up. Could you could you grab me one? Yeah. Oh, you're ready again. Again, how dare you? That was live on the mic, sir. Uh, we sent out a uh, a press release. Just did a big thing of how left-handed people are better drivers, insurance-wise, over April Fools. There were real like radio stations that picked it up, and they're like, "Hey, this study from from the Hands Institute has shown that left-handed people are better drivers." We made it up, we pulled in stats, fake people, fake quotes, you'd be amazed. I mean, people, once again, lazy journalism, right? They just, they, they ran, they, they did, they saw the press release, like, oh, I got 30 seconds to fill, let's get after it. And murdered it. It was insane. And then my nice job, where I got punked, was I was in Vegas, and I'm playing at the poker tables, Jason's favorite spot to be in Vegas. And we're hanging out, and, uh, this guy comes up and he's sitting down with us and he's got a he's got an A-frame shirt on, one of those A-frame undershirts on, white ribs. Some people call them a white beater. And he's drinking he's drinking uh, Crown Royal and we're hanging out. And he's like, "What do you guys do?" And I said, "Oh, you know, I, I'm involved in a couple of startups and uh, down in Brazil and one up here." And he goes, "Oh, that's interesting." And my buddy Scott, he's with a group called Ascend Development, and they uh, at the time they were building custom aviation hangars for private jet owners. And he's seeing dollar bills. What he doesn't realize is Scott's dad is rich, so therefore Scott has access to some cash. I'm a startup guy. I'm broke. I'm barely here. I'm trying to make money for my Vegas weekend. So I win some hands. I'm up about $2,000 cash out. Whoa. He says, hey. I go, what do you do, by the way? He goes, I'm the drummer for Smash Mouth. <laughs> and there's no way to verify that. <laughs> there's no way to verify a skinny white guy in a wife beater covered in tattoos. He goes, I'm the drummer for Smash Mouth. I'm like, 100% you are. Why wouldn't you be? 
So we get, and for some reason, the, the hotel resort that we're staying at is just loves this kid. We get a, uh, an Escalade that drives us, one of, the, one of the cars from the Palms, drives us to his house, a little scary at his house, a lot of guns, a lot of locked and wired windows, a lot of pit bulls, a lot of cocaine, and he goes, just want to get ready for tonight. And then later that night, we're gambling again, and he walks up to me, and I'm up another couple thousand bucks, and he's like, do you mind if I borrow just a thousand dollars of these chips? And I'm like, I, I, I do mind. 100%. What the fuck's going on? He's like, hey, man, I got your room upgraded to a suite. Let me borrow a thousand bucks. It's like, that's like a $100 upgrade. How about $100? He's like, listen, I'm on a cold streak. I'm going to get hot again. I said, no, bro, it's just a weird thing to give somebody I barely know $1,000. I'll give you $200 to go away. So I text my buddy at another table, and I said, hey, we are, we're in trouble. This guy's batshit crazy. All of a sudden, I don't believe he's in Smash Mouth. <laughs> in case you're wondering, I don't believe it's true. So we do a thing where we go, hey, we're going to, we'll be right back. We're going to go to another table. It looks hot. You stay here. We each give him $200 more. And then we leave, and we think we're done. At 1 a.m., we go back to our room. He is in our room, somehow has talked his way in. From not only did he get us upgraded, but then he talked his way into getting in that room. He is passed out on the bed. The mini fridge is open, and every snack has been opened, and every bottle of booze has been opened. And that's like a $5,000 expense. <laughs> that is money one way or the other. That is money one way or the other. It is out of control. So we call the front desk. Someone broke into our room. They come up. They're like, oh, no, we let him in. Like, why? He said he knew you. Once again, ultimate hack. Says he's in Smash Mouth, says he knows me. I was praying, he said, That's the drummer of Smash Mouth. That's the drummer. He's running in wherever he wants. That guy runs his hotel. Look at that big Shrek money. How dare you? Don't you know he's an all star? How dare you, sir? Uh, So we got him thrown out. He threatened to kill us. Then they're like, Well, good night. I said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not sleeping here tonight. You got to move me to another room. I'm like, we're not moving to another room. The guy just threatened to kill me. That's the drummer of Smash Mouth. He's not going to kill you. <laughs> what the fuck do I... I went to his house. How dare you? He's got guns, cocaine, and pit bulls. Ah, maybe. No, oh, maybe. Move me to another room right now. So they moved us back down into our double queen size, not sweet. Did not charge us for the beverages or anything that he opened, thank goodness. And, uh, you know, another wild weekend of eggs. Oh, my goodness. But that's where I got tricked. Now, back to the movie, because now our friends, you guys are like, geez, was, we're halfway through the movie. We've Lost referenced it. We've re- <laughs> re- I've referenced it twice. These guys haven't seen it. I've seen it like five times. So, to catch you guys up, there's an ultimate cryptography key, the skeleton key, if you will, for the internet or for anything else. They have stolen that from this Russian guy. Now, for a company. They figured out now that this cryptography key is the thing that unlocks everything. So, they're at the Department of Defense. They're unlocking it. Department of Water and Energy, they're unlocking it. Air Traffic Control, nationally, they're unlocking it. They've figured out what's going on. That's your recap. River Phoenix, Hacker. Here's the fun part. We're going to do this in a little bit. One of the gentlemen on here is blind, so he reads everything with Braille. We're going to pick a person who's going to be blind, and then we're going to pick the two of us to navigate that person to go get us a cocktail. <laughs> that ended well. This is, well, this is going to end great. This is how part, this is one way how, there's a part in the movie where the blind guy has to drive. So during that oh, part, okay. we will, 
will pick someone who's going to be blind, and then the other two people navigate that person to get them a, another beer. Preparation. See, there's, there's, and by the way, this is not 60 Minutes has talked about this. I have a, I have a friend at 60 Minutes, executive producer Henry Schuster. How, shout out to Henry, um, who's brought this up numerous times, and I know this isn't your beat, but are we all a little bit scared about the fact that they're like, they still work on floppy disks? I mean, or, or, is that, or is that a blessing in disguise that they're not connected to the internet and they still work on floppy disks? So you mean like the, the power grids? The or? power grids, nuclear warheads. Yeah, there's a lot of them online already. Hang on, is that a real thing? I don't even know that, that I, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's a real thing. That all of the... Not all, but there are some that are online. There are some that literally are, are in the stone ages of technology. And it, I don't know what's better. Like, I would almost think it's like you go back to floppy disks. Isn't that harder to hack because they don't even know what a floppy disk is? It is, but then there's, like, system failures or they could, like, not be able to access it themselves if something goes wrong. Like, that, that's scarier, I think, than that if, uh, if it's a nuclear warhead site and they can't get into their own system to divert the crisis, that's, that's kind of worse. It's, it's true, which almost happened, right? I mean, there's a, there is the time when there was a system failure in Russia... And the guy didn't do his job, and because he did not do his job, we did not have a nuclear war. On a radar war. That's also terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying how much we rely on technology. Well, we had the thing in Hawaii where everybody thought they were getting nuked. Right? Yeah. Uh, because of somebody. My friend was there when that happened. That's no. That's terrifying. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was on a jog that morning. Uh, which I told him, I was like, that's what you get for jogging in Hawaii. <laughs> You're in Hawaii. It's you get a Mai Tai in the morning. Sus Be a man. Suspend your exercise <laughs> routine. Uh, but yeah, he, he said that he was like two miles away from the hotel where his wife and child were at. And he gets the alert on his phone. And they just, everybody, like all of a sudden, like he stops and looks at it. And then you just look around and there's people running and, you know, running back to their rooms and all that. And so, yeah, he turns and runs two miles back That's to his... two miles straight of his life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I hope you took the next day, uh, the next morning off from your run. What did he do? Uh, well, they, I mean, he, he ran up to the room and uh, I guess they, the hotel had everybody come down to the lobby or something like that, get out of the, you know, he was up on you know, the 10th floors or something like that. So he went and got them up. They were asleep and brought they, them back to the... Uh, hold on, he woke them up for that? <laughs> he woke them up for that, hey, there's an incoming missile, we might all be dead soon. Wake up, we're about to die. Yeah. Isn't that the shittiest way and worst way to, to one to wake up and die? I mean, if you are... If you're going to wake up and die, let's let's be honest. Do you, or, you, do you want this? We're all in Ireland. We're having some great drinks. We're having a good time. There's... All of a sudden, Al-Qaeda decides we're going to blow up Ireland. You two are asleep. I'm up doing my morning jog. I do. Gentlemen. Do you, A, want me to run in and wake you up and go in 10 minutes? Or do you just want to sleep? Uh, we're definitely going to be dead? No, uh, you don't know. That's, that's the flip of the coin. Just like your buddy's situation. Like, do you let him rest? I would like to sit there peacefully... Just sit down and just look at you two songbirds snoring. Just be like, you know what? You know what you guys don't deserve? I'll tell you what you don't deserve. You don't deserve this. Um, I say wake me up. I uh... Before you go-go? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to. Sorry, I had to. Come on. <laughs> I want to call, call my mom, say I love you, mom. I want to go uh, 
delete my internet history, even it's probably going to be incinerated. I don't know. I just want to make sure. Uh, yeah. I'd have some loose ends that I'd like to tie up real quick. Yeah, I'm a parent. I got two kids. So I, yeah, I kind of have to oh. wake up. I'm now it's dark. Now he's a parent, goddammit, Jason. Oh, sorry. i got to tell my kids I love them. So you're going to tell the kids. So you're gonna tell the kids you're like, hey. Well, actually, they'll be fine. I'm in Ireland, so they're here. Oh, yeah, right. they're fine. Oh, they're fi- oh. no, yeah, they're they're a okay. To apprentice, then he wants to be fine. Keep your grades up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't get pregnant before 18. So I've got two. I'm about 30. <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, you uh, Ten and eight. Both girls. What? Uh, oh, sure. Yes. As, as uh, Someone very well versed in the tech world, you must have the, the most refined set. And I, I don't even know if it's refined, but optimal set of sort of internet rules and the like, right? No, no, not at all. No, and, and my wife thinks before all the time that like you let your you let our kids do what? You let them get on this Roblox thing and people are chatting with them. What are you doing? Yeah, they didn't treat people really. Or because we can't keep up with it really. I mean, I'm a tech writer, and I still can't quite keep up with all of the parental control options and all of the different. Because their hands are on so many different devices yeah. throughout the day at school and at home, you know whether it's the TV or the Netflix or the iPad or the, the, the iMac or whatever. I mean, they're they're using so many different devices all the time that, that I can't keep track of all. I don't think any parent can. Yeah, my the closest I have to my sister has a kid who's twelve now, but even when he was like seven, eight, nine years old, he was on the the phones and the iPads. Downloading apps and is subscribing to some service that my mom would, and my sister wouldn't realize for like four months she'd been playing, paying five ninety nine a month for him to be. Oh yeah, yeah. they figure it out. They they, they yeah. get around you and they figure it out. I, I gave my daughter an iPod Touch. They gave we're not getting you a phone. We're not giving you anything that that you can you know call people. Right. Here's a music player so you can listen to Spotify. Like that's all it was for. And I look, and she's already downloading like call, call to app, you know, to try to make phone calls. Like, she doesn't even have anyone to call, but she she wants she's like, if I that want to around. Yeah, what if I want to make a phone call? What if I want to call you, Daddy? I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, that's not happening. I mean, I've got so my daughter's almost five, and she navigates the iPad. She knows the security code. She will tell my wife. She goes, "Oh, you don't have Dad's thumbprint. You need the numbers." <laughs> my wife's like, wait, what? She becomes Russian all of a sudden. Don't get the goats. Don't get the goats. Come on, we need goats. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking? She goes, Dad, I, I know the codes. Mom doesn't. And I'm just, should we keep these secrets for mom? Yeah, we should. She doesn't need the iPad. She has a phone. <laughs> what about, uh, and Omar, you tell me to fuck off when I just ask something too personal. Do they do stuff? My sister's kid, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Can we get more specific? <laughs> Aiden doesn't do anything, which is what, I mean, he plays baseball, but that's the thing that annoys me about it. It's like, when I was a kid, like, yes, I would, there's like, we're going to Uncle Jason's house, hell yeah, he's, we're going to go out and play basketball, we're going to throw the thing around, we're going to, he comes to my house and he lays on, and I have a big ass beanbag chair, and he just lays there and watches YouTube, and um, and that's all he does, I think that's oh, yeah. his entire life. Oh, is. Netflix, my kids want to be on Netflix all the time, no, I, I mean, I have a daughter that does dance class, and I have another daughter that wants to be doing soccer, and I, but I have to pull them out of their Netflix yeah. hypnosis to get them outside to do stuff, I mean, they... And they do a lot of running around the school and take care of stuff. They're outside, they're doing stuff. But once they're home on the weekends, like when I get up in the morning, which is a few hours after they get up, like they've been watching Netflix for like three hours by the time I'm home. You know, like they're at six in the morning watching Garfield, you know, 
It has a reboot. So, so, as they, so as they watch, so they, so my daughter does the YouTube where she just watches other kids open up packages. Yeah, the shit. And she's like, look at, look at this. And I was like, what am I watching? She's opening a box. It's amazing. I'm like, no. We've got to get you to a smarter class. And that kid, that kid's like a millionaire, right? Yeah. Like, yeah there's all these kids who like make us make more money than me just sitting on YouTube opening presents that people have sent them. Yeah. They're 15 minute commercials or whatever it is they're opening. Yeah. Oh they, my, they're, God. Like, my daughter's blue. Like, I had to buy her an LOL doll. She's like, Dad, I need one of these. And I was like, well, well, what is this? She goes, hold on, let's watch the unveiling. I was like, first of all, you're four. How do you know the word unveiling? She goes, Dad, <laughs> let's watch. So, so I watch. And she's got a ball, and this girl's like, then here's this. And it's four, five, six different components of, of unlap to get to this doll. And I'm like, how big is this doll? And the doll's like an inch tall. And she goes, but it comes with shoes and a dress. It's soap. I want to give it a bath. And it, it's special. It's an adult LOL doll. So then it has this angle to it, Dad. How much is this? $22.95. Knows the price. Right. Hot out of the gun. Go get your piggy bank. No. What do you mean no? You 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 can you can pay for it. I can't pay for it. Dad, I don't want to use my money. I said, all right, well you're not getting one. She goes, wait. Let me go ask mom. She goes, ask mom. Mom's like, get your piggy bank. She's like, oh, you guys are the worst. I can't reach it. So I reach it. And she dumps out. She counts out twenty two ninety five. She's like, there. Those are assholes. Buy me an LOL doll for crying out loud. Your daughter's like my younger daughter who is, is the workaround person, the sneaky, like, we'll figure stuff out. Or they'll do the thing where they go, well, can you pay for half? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll pay for half. And they're like, where's your half? Like, I don't have yeah. <laughs> I mean, my half now? <laughs> yeah, they, they're, my younger daughter is super sneaky and super uh, manipulative. And she will figure stuff out and figure out the, the best way, the way to maximize, she could be a CEO, maximize her profitability in any situation. Oh, the worst thing, the worst thing I ever did is I taught my daughter to say, let's negotiate. <laughs> Dad, let's negotiate. Let's let's go ahead and do that. So, where do you think, in, now that you, I mean, you've been covering tech for 20 years. Tiff! I know, i got to yell at Tiffany every once in a while. So, comic relief. I know, well, listen, ta- Tiff almost fell off the ladder when I told her. So, if you're in the background, that's Tiffany. She is still decorating this place. And doing a great job. This is Dirty Bills. It's the most Christmassy Cinco de Mayo I've ever seen. Well, it's a celebration. She said, watch out for that state, young man. She will add some more lights to this place. How is dare it, you? Is it for Cinco de Mayo, really? It is for Cinco de Mayo. We've I'm got, Latino. I'm you will walk out of here with a mustache. <laughs> we, <laughs> you will we'll all leave with mustache. That's a threat. We all have beards in, in some stage of growth. Uh, where do you where do you see where have you seen the biggest jump in tech in the last twenty years? I mean, just the internet, just all of the, all of the connectivity of, of internet of just all of us on these social networks. I mean, that's really where we're spending all our all our time every day now. I mean, think about the time the amount of time you spent on Facebook. Or, I, mean, I don't know if you're a Facebook person, but like everyone, I, I try to I try to avoid, I I I and it's owned by Facebook, but I I become more of an Instagram person. Me too, actually. And uh, Twitter and more Instagram. Yeah, it's just more pleasant. It Instagram is. People are so much nicer on Instagram than Twitter. <laughs> They're so supportive. That's true. I haven't really necessarily noticed a difference. But you should like, see hey, the nice comments. Day. Like, hey. even on talking during movies on Instagram, they're like, yeah. good job. I was like, for what? Nice it was a pitch. picture. Yeah, it was a picture of a microphone. Like, that was, was like, it was a good picture. Yeah. I get direct messages and people are like, 
uh, thanks for following me, and I followed you back, and I just, I really appreciate that we've got a community here. I was like, are you from Nigeria? Is this a prince? Do I need to give you $5,000 to get $5 million? Twitter definitely is the number one seed in, like, the, like, meathead keyboard bravery guys, just people who will say the most awful things on there. By the way, if there was a band that only sang Twitter lyrics and they were called Keyboard Bravery, you're welcome, America. Yeah. Right? You're, you're well. The one guy in Australia, you're welcome. You start that band, you only sing Twitter lyrics, and then you've got a winner. They're like haikus almost. So, no, so I mean, I, I look at this, so I, I think about phones, right? We went from, and they've got that picture before the iPhone, all the different styles of phones. Yeah. Including the sidekick, which was like a briefcase. And the iPhone came out, and then now it's just... They're all interchangeable now. Every, every, every smartphone is pretty much the same smartphone now. There's not a lot of differentiation. Everybody's copying everybody, and it's all the same kind of slab of glass. So who are the differentiators that you see in Austin? Because it does seem like in tech, it's the same thing, right? Who, everyone, someone's copying Instagram. Someone is copying or trying to be better in a little bit, whether it's on the video side, or voodoo, or, or whatever, trying to compete with... with uh, with YouTube, people are, and I feel like the Google and Bing have kind of done their thing. And I don't know that there's going to be a, a competitor there, but who do you see as the differentiators here? They're maybe doing something a little different. Uh, I, I mean, I on the content side, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rooster Teeth. I, I did a big story about them recently. Saw that. Their 15 year anniversary. I just think they, they have just been so good about cultivating an audience and, and being consistent in their content. Like, they just they put out stuff every single day, every week, year in, year out for 15 years, and they've never stopped. Like, they've never taken a break or, you know, uh, said, hey, we're going to go do something else for a while. No, they've, they've consistently built that audience and in the millions. And I, th I think, if, you know, if we're talking about, you know, McConaughey and Austin celebrities, I feel like they are the most recognizable celebrities out of Austin besides your, you know, your Sandra Bullocks and your Matthew McConaughey's, like, worldwide. I mean, I think they are wow, really? famous in a way that... In Austin, we don't really understand. I mean, I'm sorry, Rooster Teeth. I always saw you yeah. as local. I apologize. I mean, they go to these conventions, these game conventions, and they are mobbed. I mean, people around the world know yeah. who they are and love them and are follow their work. And I mean, they're just there. I mean, we have a lot of those in Austin. I, Alex Jones used to be that too. We're like famous worldwide, but in Austin, we don't really pay much attention to them. Yeah, we have a lot of those like below the radar celebrities here. Uh, as far as tech companies, the one that I've been telling, and I, I, I get a lot of pushback on this because people don't want to believe it. I, I think. They don't want to take it as seriously, but I think the biggest tech story in the next few years is going to be Bumble. I think they have figured out. Do you out, think that? They have figured out something, and I and that's I interesting. Heard, Tiffany's I, into it. Tiffany. <laughs> that that is exactly. I would it. like to swipe on you right now. People, people, I, I know people who would never online date until Bumble came along. Who would never do I don't Tinder. Online date. I just created the account. Uh, See, that's why you, you, you bought into it. it. I don't uh, so, Bumble, they figured out a way to make online dating not as scary for women. Do you not see and them as an acquisition target? Code, huh? You don't see them as an acquisition I've always seen Bumble as an acquisition target because they, they cracked the code. They can get acquired. They can that's why that's I've, always, been, I've always visioned them as match.com, IAC, Barry Diller. They can get acquired. But, I, but I've been, what I've been telling people recently is if they keep doing what they're doing and not make a mistake and, and their CEO Whitney Wolf they have been very we've been trying to get that's another white whale we've been trying to get her on our show on our podcast she's right here 
She is. And I keep telling them that. I keep saying, she's in Austin. Just have her come by our studio. Or drive down, down there and just knock like, on her no, door. We'll give you a product manager. We'll have a social media person come No way. So how oh, dare you? Hold on. Expand on that. Uh, they, make, they make online dating not scary for women? They, they are an online dating. And actually, she came out of Tinder. She used to work at Tinder and then right. made this. What they did to kind of flip Which it. the only difference is on Bumble, the, the lady has to message. She has to initiate. Which on the other, which I, I have friends who have used it and have told me, well, that then that puts a burden on the woman to have to do all the work. Yeah. But, but also you don't get hit up as much from randoms. You know, you, you have more control if you're the woman. So I feel like just flipping that script and making it more friendly to women and making it just the, the design, everything about it, the design, you know, they were present in the South by Southwest where they had Haim and all these, you know. Yeah. Like they have made it so women friendly that they've sort of figured it out in a way that I don't think any other dating site has. So if they keep doing what they're doing, if they keep pushing in that direction, I think they're going to be the, the top dating site in the next five years. That's you, my prediction. Do you think Do you think that they need to step up their game on where Tinder beats them? Which is, you know, Tinder did the puppy thing, right? Where you could date a puppy for a day. And, yeah. and Tinder's got the celebrity is angle. Is or, or Tinder? Uh, both have done oh, it. Yeah. Both have done it. Uh, Tinder did the thing. Tinder has this celebrity angle where it's like, hey, we've got this little side Tinder thing where it's just affluent celebrity people. So if Jason Dick wanted to go on Tinder, he wouldn't get bombarded by the savages. He would just he would have people of, of his ilk yeah. that would that would that would swipe right on, on him. Um, I, I wonder maybe I've been married, so it's hard for me to comment on dating yeah, sites a little bit, but I just I, I look at it and I go, what I don't see from them are these unique partnerships or strategic moves that make them a little more appealing, whether it's with, with women or or in the general consensus where a guy would want to sign up as well. Because I hear Bumble and I think, oh, it's just it's, it's women. Yeah. And my friends go, that's for ladies. I was like, yeah, but don't you want to date ladies? Like, I mean, that's I where the ladies are at, guys. Well, uh, it's for the ladies. I, I think there's plenty of dudes signing up on Bumble for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if you're smart, that's where you're going to be. How, uh, <laughs> seriously. You're well, like, I, I'm going to figure out how attractive I'm not. Well, I think Tinder is perceived as more of a hookup app. Like, if you want to. Oh, do you somebody, follow it like, on Instagram, Tinder Nightmares? Where you see the, yeah. the chats in between, you're just like. I'm sorry, did that work at one point in time, sir? Yeah. I feel bad for women. Well, like, this is what I'm getting from my single friends that actually are out there using this stuff. And they, they would use Tinder if they were just looking for a quick hookup or just looking to meet someone right away. Bumble seems to be for people that are looking for more serious relationships with real... You know, is that people. the Newey Harmony? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think they are doing something right by making it more kind of hipper and more female-friendly. And they also introduced like a, sort of their version of LinkedIn where... Hey, if you don't want to date, but you just want to make some business contacts, we have that. If you just want to make a friend, you don't want to date, we have that. So they're they're sort of expanding in that direction of like you don't have to be looking you know, for a date to use Bumble. You can use it for business networking or, or other. Avenues. How do they uh, monetize it though? I I know I don't I, I will confuse Bumble and Tinder forever, but every once in a while when I'm power swiping, I'll see <laughs> you know something is like swipe here for details on this new movie. Or would you like the softest toilet paper around swipe here? I'm like, I ain't wasting a swipe on you, I think, ad. I, I don't know if they do advertising, but I know that they have like a free version and then a, like oh. a pro version. And the pro version gives you more options. Like you can, uh, it, it gives you more screening options. Like you, you can drill down a little bit better or control how people message you more if you're like on the pro. I, I, like, here. I it's can like tell five bucks a month. It's not expensive. I can tell all the details. 
Uh, <laughs> let me tell Please. you what I do on the side here. Well, no, 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 no. No, there, from the single guy. The two married guys and the single guy. There's, uh, and again, I, I will confuse, I will conflate the tenders and the bumbles. Uh, but one of them only lets you swipe 50 times a day. Which, how? Come on, how? How, how dare you? First how of, am I only supposed I'm to gonna, approve 50 yes. potential lovers a day? I'm going to hook you up with my brother. He wrote a computer program on oh, the back door no. of Tinder <laughs> that lets him do up to a thousand swipes based on a based on a certain program that he wrote. Right. So he wakes up every morning to a hundred dates, <laughs> and then he decides what date he's going to go on. Which is an Adam Sandler sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess that must be tender. Uh, and but if you're a if a gold member or whatever, if you pay the four ninety nine a month, you can have unlimited swipes. And if you there's another tier of membership where you're going to be in Seattle for work for two weeks in a month, you can set your location to Seattle and start swiping there right now. Uh, there's super likes or super swipes where I don't even know what that does, <laughs> but. But yeah, all of those things cost money. But I, I honestly, and I, I guess they're they, if you're saying they're thriving. They must be selling them. I was like, who buys these things? Pathetic users. It was like it's like spam. It's like that's why spam exists because if one percent, right? You know, falls for it or buys like that subsidizes everybody else. It's free. You know, like you only have to convert you know, one to ten percent to be successful, and they're they're making bank. They're I mean I, I good for them. Though. No one no one seems to listen to me when I say this, but. I think Bumble will be the biggest Austin Tech story in the next five years if they keep doing what they're doing right. And so far, they've made all the right moves. I feel like they are their market share keeps increasing. They keep they have built a trusted brand that that women trust, and that was sort of the the holy grail of, of dating apps is to make the one that women gravitate toward. Because if you get the women on the right. platform, all the men are going to rush to it. How many people yeah. work there? I don't know, but they keep expanding locally. They have really nice headquarters that we've done. Like gorgeous headquarters. So, yeah. And, and, they're they're doing something right. I, I, I think they are the untold kind of Austin success story that if, if they keep How are they not path. I mean and no offense, hey Bumble, if you've got a PR person, I'm sorry to put them on blast. But like my friend Jane Wells, who works at CNBC, she comes out here once a quarter and does untold stories and, and crazy stories. She profiles companies in Austin because Austin makes these companies. Yeah. Uh, Lori Siegel is out here for CNN. She's a friend of mine. She comes out here and, and covers companies for all of South Park. Yeah. And so it's always weird to me when I see someone as excited as you about Bumble, which means that their CEO has to be 10x, which you are, to just drive it forward, probably 20x to make every employee want to drive it forward. Uh, you get on your PR machine. Seriously. I mean, it just if it's working and you've got women trusting a site. They you, did it South by they they had they put a, like a three or four day installation where they had, you know, celebrities and they had bands playing. Like they put on a really big South by Southwest presence. You know, really the marketing of it. Yeah. And I mean, she was on the cover of Texas Monthly a couple months ago and there was that whole scandal with that. So nice. they, they are getting attention and I think they are okay. but I don't know that people associate them with Austin the way they do other brands. You know, they're it's not like uh, Tito's or Whole Foods where people know they're from Austin. Yeah. Omar, do you ever, uh, sorry if I'm No, please, you, please, don't, please. I was just talking about this uh, this morning about how two years ago I called my sort of business partner and I was like, I've got it, man. Quit your job. I've got it. <laughs> You're talking about this podcast? Airbnb for cars. Done. People Already. who want, and that's what he, he's in the tech business. He's like, <laughs> he's like uh, yeah, there's like eight companies in that space. I was like, fuck! 
Damn it! That's the thing. How yeah. many? Uh, do you ever? If you're full on in the tech world. Do you ever have an idea? It's like, like that's my that's my ticket out. Uh, I had an idea for statesmen a... statesmen aren't gonna have to. They don't get to boss me around anymore. I when, last time I was in Vegas, I had an idea for a topless tapas bar. I'm sorry, topless topless tapas in Vegas. Okay. Which I thought was a billion dollar idea. Uh, I've had a couple of like Uber of ideas. Uber for socks, I think, or something. Uber for Uber for socks. How does they that just bring you socks. If you're missing a if you're missing a sock, they'll bring you a new pair. <laughs> Thought uh, I was really sharing socks, and I was like, Omar, this is not going to go it's, places. <laughs> it's never the first one, though. That's the thing. It's like it's never the first person that has the idea. It's the third person that gets it exactly right. Oh, okay. That's what Apple's looking at. Is yeah. that we're not going to put out the first MP3 player. We're just going to put out the best MP3 player like five years later. Right. It's, they're they're good at iterating on other people's like failures. So so now when and so by the way for those that are watching the movie and wondering how this is all going to tie in don't worry it's not just relax uh, but what we have found out and what we do see is and this is very interesting right so there's there's a time and point when we were all growing up and the Russians were the bad guys right and then we've got our Robert Redford and it's the end of the Cold War and he's like oh the Russians are the good guys and everyone's saying no we still spy on each other now we're in a world where the, the Russians are are the bad guys. Uh, I'm wondering where um, where in all of this, it, whether it's election hacking or meddling, and we don't have to blame the Russians or, or anyone else, but do you see in, in your in your culture area of how you cover companies and everything else, do you see the good guys and, and the bad guys, or, or do you try to keep it a little bit Lighter, are you like, hey, you know, I could delve into that and then I'm gonna put someone on blast, or I'm gonna keep it just one hair above and we're just gonna go through and talk about the tech and, and what, what is special. Uh, yeah, I try not to make it personal, but there, there are certainly companies that I avoid that I just think are pretty shady and, and are not doing good work. Oh, I tell us very much about, there are companies out of like San Antonio and Austin that did work on, on the Trump campaign that. Have been tied in with some of with some of the, the Russian stuff, so like you know they were right here doing some of the work from Texas uh, on some of that stuff. So like, is is it the Russian thing though? Here's my thing. like, or at since least, since the '60s, right? We know that people have tried to other other people have tried to mess in. Uh, I forget the security company that, that's here in Austin. They're right down the street. Uh, they're a big international. CPD. I'm familiar CSID with them. Uh, no, they're uh, they're an information security oh, Stratford. company. Stratford. Yeah, yeah. So Stratford talked about how it's been since the 50s that the Russians and other countries have tried to meddle in our elections. This, this is nothing new. I think what's new is that they're meddling in our elections with, with home-based technology. Yeah. They're no longer like flying people over going, Boris Nadonians, Boris Natasha, we chase moose and squirrel. Fuck Trump. You know? <laughs> They're like, are you trying to trick me, buddy? Uh, no. I'm not trying to trick no one. Uh, by the way, Ben Kingsley, uh, 1992, this was the style. Gorgeous ponytail. Jason, you're about ponytail ready. Golly, it's, I've never had my hair this long. It's, this is where the podcast gets real smart, where we start talking about my hair. <laughs> I've never had my hair this long, but somebody asked me the other day, and was like, are you going to ponytail it when it gets long enough? And I was like, what are you talking about? That would Have be you terrible. seen Ben Kingsley right there? Now I'm like, I guess I could do it. Right? I could no, get... now, now it's a, what is it, a man bun? Yeah, I, 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 maybe I could. I, I don't know if it's, I could probably man bun it now. Do not man bun it. You ponytail it like a Ben Kingsley fan. The uh, the listeners of Talking During Movies might not know 
about my exact body type, but I would say I'm probably the, the, a good candidate for the first ever 330 pound man bun wear. That's a... Uh, I believe there's some sumo wrestlers in training oh, that would give you, you know a slap to the face, sir. Withdrawn. Withdrawn. <laughs> Withdrawn. My bad. Yeah, people say I don't know culture. So Ben Kingsley's a Russian in this game? No, Ben Kingsley is actually, he is, he's his former partner. At the very beginning, Ben Kingsley got arrested. And then when Ben Kingsley was in jail, he made some friends with mobsters. And what he found out was that the hardest thing to do was actually move money because of IRS and everything else. So he created a beautiful encryption system. The Russian gentleman who was found dead in this movie created a skeleton key to break all encryption. Here's the fun part about spoiler alert for all you people that are wondering what's going on is A, we find out that there's an encryption key. B, we find out that at the end, it is not the NSA, the CIA, or the FBI, but it is the government of the United States that wants this encryption key. Why do they want it? They want to listen in to the FBI, the CIA, and this is before Google. And then you think about it, and you go, wow, I wonder, I think, are we on to something here? Is this, in 1992, when Echelon was around, and there are all these sites around where we're listening to faxes and we're, we're trying to decode what's happening to get better trade deals. And now we're in an era where it is, we can read emails and understand what's going on. One, probably a movie a little ahead of its time. Two, if made now, it would be panned as a democratic publicity piece just to, you know run with the wind of everyone else trying to fight the American government from not understanding what's going on. But it's a fascinating thing when they're talking about this is a device that we, that the government wants only because they want to listen in. This is the point, is that it's not about the mob and criminals. They just want to listen. They want to know what's going on. 1992. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I mean, we're in 2018. And we're sitting around going, oh, I can't believe they're listening to us. This is some bullshit. What's going on? Where, where do we miss from 1992 when Ben Kingsley and Robert Redford are saying, hey, the government wants to listen to you, to 2018, we're like, are you sure? Uh, I think we've sort of played into it ourselves. We, we've allowed a lot of this to happen on our own. We, you know, we have devices that we, in our home that we buy specifically so they can listen to us all the time do stuff for us so like I think some of it is our own uh, we've gotten right. much more comfortable with the idea of losing those privacies now than we would have in 1992 well, we're I mean, it's sort of like infants or your dog in a certain way where you jingle the key, keys in front of your their face and be like oh hey you know this terrible idea well how about this you can download 20,000 songs for free or you can ask Alexa what the weather's going to be today hey guys watch this I can add toilet paper to my shopping list just by saying it out loud <laughs> like yeah it's, it, there's all these shiny new things that we can do that we're like oh yeah I'll just do that and ignore the, the ugly part of it yeah we've allowed it, like, you know, the Facebooks to say like well we're going to strip part of your privacy but you get this in return you get to do this and I mean, do you think Google's best at that? Google's the best at yeah. like make, convincing you that they're, they, they still have your best interests at heart. Which is much better, <laughs> much better than Facebook. Everybody's suspicious of Facebook. Google, hey, well, Google's, hang on, I need to expound on that. Why, why, why is that? 
Google, for some reason, they're, they're better looking. Except in San Francisco. I, I know people in San Francisco that, that literally see people from Google get spit on a, on the street just because Shut of, and that's more of the class disparity oh, issue. Oh, so gross. But in, as far as just reputation, like, I feel like Google manages to, to get away scot-free in cases where Facebook gets dinged for, you know, being the, the monster as far as privacy goes. Like, Google's doing a lot of the same stuff that Facebook's doing. Way worse. Criticized. Yeah, like, they, they're, they've got their hands in a lot more areas than Facebook does. You know, they're your email. They're your, where you store all your documents. They're where you know, a lot of people store all their photos. They're, they made your phone, you know, like, for a lot of people, so... They're in a lot more areas than Facebook is, but they seem to get away with it a lot better just because they have this reputation as do-gooders. Yeah. I mean, isn't their their tagline always do good? Supposedly, yeah, do no evil. Which is, I mean, do no no evil, right? Satan's famous tagline. I I don't exist. Like, if if Google and Satan were tied together, it'd be like, do no evil. I mean, I don't exist. I've met a lot of people that work at Google and they're generally cool people trying to do good things and, and like yeah yeah we gotta make money and do all these things but my real passion is doing this you know philanthropy thing or helping kids and like generally the people I meet from Google are like that so it's hard to have an argument with them yeah, to, I mean, it's, it's hard uh, to be critical of people but that are I like, mean it's like if, if, if Jason if, if Jason worked for a television station right and he was the the culture reporter, and all he talked about was the great things that were happening in the world. But his television station burned books and and, and sold children internationally. It's like you don't have an argument with him because he's like, no, I mean, listen, I do the reporting, and they put every story I do up about how to save children and and save books and do this and at the same time. I, it's a conspiracy theory of Amazon, right? Amazon comes in, they kill all the bookstores. What's the next thing they do? They start. They go to the physical bookstore. They go to the physical bookstore. They're like, thank God we got rid of that competition. Now, welcome to our bookstore. Yeah. This is the way. Fuck Barnes and Noble. No, this is the way we want you to bookstore. And they've killed every bookstore outside of eccentric cities like Austin, where we have a couple. Portland, Oregon, another one. They've murdered the bookstores to the point where now it's like, no, this is how you bookstore. But how much is that? I don't. I don't want to come off. No, please do. Uh, <laughs> like, the people were, you know, nostalgic, loved the video store. And nobody's like, God damn you, Netflix, killing off Blockbuster. You're the worst. You're a, you're a corporate demon. But Netflix isn't now opening up rental stores <laughs> in the place of those. That would be the sure, subtle sure. difference. I, just, I think they are, aren't they? I thought they were doing that. That's right, boss. <laughs> I feel like Netflix is doing something along those lines of like if you still want well they're still distributing DVDs through their they do but all, all through the mail right and they limit you to three or whatever it's the worst if you want to do a series I was just reading something about like there's still a couple of blockbusters in Alaska or somewhere yeah there's one that's kind of famous on Twitter the, like it's like the last blockbuster is their handle or something like that yeah. and they were I guess a franchise as where all the rest of them were corporately owned. Where there's not really good internet where you really can't Netflix. Yeah, and then, yeah, they're still just renting out videos. I mean, I can talk about it, but talking during movies podcast is in Gmail. Uh, I store my stuff on Gmail. Uh, I have Google Fiber at the house, which I love. Suck at AT AT&T. You're nowhere close to Google Fiber. And Gigante or whoever it is. The other email provider, or whatever here in town. Grande. Grande, there you go. Sorry, sorry, Grande. Uh, they're like, they we were going to sponsor you. We were writing the check, and then he said, Gigante. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, they don't. I mean, you know, it's it's a weird thing. But I don't. You know, I, I Google's de Google makes life a lot easier in the way that they take stuff from you. I don't know that Facebook has that savvy. Like Google has so much more to offer. Yeah. When they when they cut their pound of flesh. Uh, Google has embraced ranks intensification downplay. Where there was one's like, I wrote to uh, Jason Dick that Alaska is an amazing uh, place to be, and I've got Alaska cruises and travel plans emailed to me all week long through spam. Okay, but you also have 100 megabytes download per second at $25 a month. So really, I mean, like they just do a better job. They like here's the really good stuff that we do, and yeah, sorry, we do this. And Facebook is a platform. They really don't have TV. They don't have movies. They don't have. They don't provide internet. They don't provide anything but a platform for me to remember birthdays. That's how I see them. Until advertising. Birthdays and cool chef shit I'll never do because I see it and I'm like, I'm in. I'm going to throw a party. I try it once at home before that. I'm like, I'm shitty at this. And I worked in a kitchen for four years to pay for college. Completely fucked up. Uh, Google is the king of like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, they've, they've sunsetted so many projects. They've had so many things come out that people are like, oh, wow, Google's getting into this new business. They're going to dominate. And then it just goes away after two years and you never hear about it again. They've, they've introduced so many products and so many Are they ideas. the Budweiser of, of, of online? In terms of? Well, like Bud Ice, where's that? Bud Dry? Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. want, you know, uh, Bud Dry. Outside of Bud Light. Every once in a while, I'll find a store that still has Bud Select, and I'm like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> you, you. 55 calories, 3.1 grams of carbs. Let's party. Yeah, let's party. Let's yeah. never get drunk. Let's just <laughs> carb load for the big race tomorrow. Yeah, Google will introduce a, a new thing, and everyone will think, oh, wow, they're going to put so-and-so out of business. And then two years later, they, they just haven't put the resources into it or found success, and then they just sort of quietly back away from that or... or so who builds the who who wins the robot race? Is it MIT or is it Google with their with their leopard or whatever their dog that can run hundred miles an hour? And, it can be. It might be Amazon. Amazon has that big uh, the AWS. They, they got. I mean, they're getting into the AI also. Um, yeah, AI is a tough one. I mean, that's going to be tied into all the self driving stuff. I mean, it's going to be. It's scary. That the AI stuff genuinely scares me. There's a group. I forget the guy's name. He started it. He's a big car car guy. Uh, Elon and Musk. No, not Elon Musk. Jay Leno. Could it? Well, Jay Leno. Jay Leno is actually part of the group. That's a good good point. Uh, he um, keeping driving in America, where you drive your own car. I mean, this is the group that petitioned and went after Porsche and said, "Hey, Porsche, you remove the six feet. It's only paddle shifters now." Uh, shout out to Tiffany. We have a friend who um, Tiffany drives a Porsche. No, our, our friend, our friend, our, our, our yeah, super swipe on you. I know. Uh, we have a friend though who who has a Porsche who had to special order a six speed the last year he could order a manual gear shift. He did not want paddle shifters. And there's this big group out there that's saying, no, 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 do not take driving away from America. This is what makes America. You can talk about the fact that cars are only used 20% of the time. They do X, Y, and Z, and they sit idle 80%. You can remove 30 million cars from the U.S. and get 100% more productivity out of it. We had Uber for cars. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which is what Airbnb Faraday, for cars. Airbnb for cars. Yeah. Well, that's what Faraday Future wants, right? They yeah. want a portal. They want to create a portal system where it's like my family of four is going to dinner. Boop. Or the wife and I are going to dinner, boop, and then you never have a car and it shows up in five minutes or less. Yeah. No, that's terrible. Like 67, 
stingray. Drive it. <laughs> See, I'm not feel a, the road. I'm, I'm not a car person at all, and I I just canceled. Like I actually had a Tesla order. Uh-huh. I, like I put the thousand dollars down for the, the Model Three, and I finally and I just I didn't cancel it. I still got the reservation, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna order it. I got my order came up. Your order came up, and you're on open yeah. table, and you're like, I, and I'm, I'm not under the actual how much I would actually be spending, and how much the car payment would be, and like I just paid off my my current car. It's like, ah, I can't. Can you I tell us well, what's your current it. car? Do you mind telling us? I'm uh, Prius, uh, like a 2014, oh, yeah. which is not a great car, but I'm not a car person at all. I just need yeah. something to get me from here to there. But it's not a bad car, and not spend. But you still drive it, and it's paid off, and I don't have no car payment. I love it, uh, but. You know, I can fit a whole bike in there. It's it's crazy. You can fit a bike in your truck. I can fit a entire ten speed bike in my Prius. That's, that's how <laughs> Shout out to four year old person. Put the seats down and it, it fits. But I, I think what you're talking about, Jason, and that's what I was saying about the Netflix blockbuster thing. Is this is just you can't fight progress. This is the future. Yeah. It's like it's people who's like, oh, we don't talk on the phone anymore. Everybody just texts. And I'm like, yeah, because we found a better way. And so. Yeah, we don't drive a six-speed six boxster anymore because I've got a car that's just going to drive me while I do my crossword. Uh, Could you imagine if I... I like how I found the most technologically advanced thing <laughs> that I did at crossword? very old school. I'm writing the words into my crossword. Not even Sudoku. You're like, <laughs> I'm going to go crossword. Uh, do you... Do, could you imagine if every time I was drunk and texted you, but instead I just called and you had to answer? And you're like, oh no, he's calling. Right. I have a radio show. I'm glad you can get drunk on a Wednesday. I've got to get up in four hours. Yeah. Thanks, asshole. I'm like, I'll be up in four hours too. No, you just haven't slept yet. The thing I keep coming back to with the self-driving cars, and I've had this conversation in front of a group of seniors who were so pissed at me when I brought up, A, the singularity, which freak them out. I was like, you guys know what the singularity is? And they, they were like, what? They, they did not like that at all. And then the other yeah. thing when I brought up self-driving cars, they were like, nope. Uh, but dude, I keep coming back to like, we're just not good drivers. We're not. We're not, like, right. human beings are not good at driving. We have so many deaths and accidents from driving. And I mean, I come back to Yeah, two weeks on the road, how many, I mean, per, honestly, now let's really break this down. There have been five deaths from self-driving cars so far. Uh-huh. And they've been around for less than a year? No, it's been more than that. They've been testing. They've been cars. on the roads? Or? Compared to, what, 40,000? Right, that's Texas. the thing. I, if you're about to say, yeah, it, it, there, there's all these stories about it. I'm like, just turn on the news every day. There's some asshole who flipped his car. But isn't it scarier? But it's like, it's scarier. It's like an airline driver, right? When the airline Southwest had the window that popped out, some of the I don't see the window. But... It's always scarier when you see it because you go, oh, there's the thing that I don't have control over. Is it a control? Is it, is it mentally? It's that. As, it's, a, as, a, as a guy who covers that. culture, which means the, men, you know, yeah. the, the mentality of where people sit, is it a control thing? It is absolutely that people don't want to give up that control. But which like is the, shitty control, by the like, way, right? But like the incident where the in Arizona that the woman got, with the bike got hit with the, by the car, a human driver would not have prevented that accident. Like that, she darted out of nowhere, and it would have even if a human had been at the wheel, there's no way they would have avoided that accident. Maybe so. could have accelerated, gone over and faster. We're still, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. We're in the infancy of that technology, yeah, it's right? Still very, like, very new. In 10 years, imagine how much you know how much better it's going to be than it is now. I'm sure when the first calculator come at, came out, there were some math whizzes that were like, I don't trust that shit. This says I don't, trust. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
Omar's showing his roots right now. He's in math class going, hey, hey, hey. Look what I already figured out. I don't think so, man. No, but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's still in the tendency, but like, Already right now, self-driving cars can see 360 degrees. They've got radar. They can see in the dark. They can do all these things that a human, even a non-distracted, sober human can't do. Like, they're going to be better drivers than us. There will be situations that, like, no-win situation where either it does this, you know, either it goes this way and kills someone or goes this way and kills someone. You know, there's going to be no good option in some cases. Is that the weird part that, that someone has to make a, and, uh, or did you want one or are you good? Uh, I don't, I'm good. I all right, I know, I know. Omar's <laughs> got to go back to work. He's like, guys, seriously, I have a real job. Take my uh, first ever bathroom break. Oh, weak bladder. That's fine. You guys can hashtag weak bladder. I'm just dick there. Um, is it... Is it the fact that we are letting a computer make a moral decision that we feel we are more compelled to make as well? Uh, it won't ever be a moral decision for the computer. It'll be like... But for, us, it, but for us, we always see it as moral, right? right? You know, it'll be two outcomes. What's the lesser of two bad evils? of the two or the, the lesser, you know, damaging of the two? If, you know, within a split, you know, millisecond, you know, yeah. uh, of those outcomes. But hopefully, and that requires a lot of computing power to get to that point. And a lot of battery power. I mean, that's one thing with the self-driving car we don't hear about is that these are going to burn a lot of energy. Just the computing. Can, can we power. talk about that real quick? Uh-huh. These self. Let's let's maybe take a step back from self-driving. Let's go to Tesla's, where I see zero emissions license plates or zero this. Sixty-five uh, percent of our electricity is still done from coal, the dirtiest thing to burn. Yeah. Hey, champ, you're a thousand percent worse than my gas-driving car right now. And getting rid of your batteries. Uh, they don't use that much electricity. It's, it's, it's but it's still coming as, from. It's about as bad as plugging in a laptop in your house. Like it's not. It's not but it, that much. I, I guess I'm just saying it, 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 it comes from oh, yeah. coal still. You still got to charge it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you still. It comes from coal still. So what Tesla's doing though is they're saying, okay, if that's an issue, then we also sell solar panels. Put some solar panels on your house, and generate that power, we, and put it right in there. And where do we put these fucking batteries? Do we send them to Mars? Instead of people, instead of the, the Texas Monthly, like there's a gal in Austin here. She's like, "Sorry, honey, gotta go. I'm going to Mars." Oh, that, yeah. The cutest divorce of all time. Like, <laughs> if you're gonna, if there's a cuter divorce in the world, shut the fuck up. This is the cutest divorce. I'm not saying I don't love you. I'm saying I want to go to Mars. Goodbye. You didn't read this one? Gotta, read this gotta, one? Gotta, oh yeah. There's a woman here. She's leaving. She's going to Mars. She's out. But I'm wondering, instead of sending her to Mars, no offense to rain on your parade, young lady, but do we instead just send these dead batteries to Mars? I'm wondering what... I, I don't think as humans we see as much as probably Elon Musk does and maybe has to say something or the kids at Google or everyone at Facebook. They're changing things rapidly. They go, we'll show them short-term solutions. Fuck them. It's good. They're going to be happy. They're going to be distracted. Shiny objects are going to versus what do we with batteries? Like nuclear power. What do we do? There's a tsunami. Well, tsunamis will never happen. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Japan. What happens if one of those reactors crap? Fuck, it'll never happen. Sorry, Chernobyl. I don't think we think these things out as much as we'd like to. No, yeah, the battery technology is an issue, and it's, it's, a, it's something that the batteries tech hasn't caught up with a lot of the other kinds of tech. Okay. But as far as, you know, and, and there's also resistance. Like anytime you, you bring up in Texas solar or wind power, people are like, whoa, we're in oil. Pause. <laughs> so there's a, there's that hindrance of the resistance to even the idea of it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, the Tesla solution is like, well, what you're going to do is you're going to put 
gigantic battery in your garage, you're going to charge it with solar energy, this is what's going to collect the power, and that's what's going to charge your car. That's their end run around, like, what about coal, and what about dirty dirty energy, and you still got to charge this, these things, and I think all of their super stations, the ones, like, the actual, like, their version of a gas station where you charge it, I think, are powered that way. It, it's weird because there was, in the 70s and early 80s, and they stuck around, and I believe Indiana is the, the of all 50 states, is the leader on this, was, um, was pep was not gas, but it was what do they call it? Uh, it's basically it's propane, it's auto fuel, and it's a converter that snaps onto the top of your car. It has less emissions. It's cheaper than gas. It's a byproduct of when you're getting gas and oil. It's a it's a natural gas that comes out of the earth that you can capture. And they have more auto gas stations in Indiana than anywhere else in the world. About every 50 miles, they have one. But it never took off. And I won, but there was a there was a time, right, especially when Carter was president, the gas crisis, to be like, oh, auto gas, this is the way to go. This is what we're going to do. This is going to make the magic. And then it's like, no, sorry, it's not going to work. They couldn't figure out the end of it, right? They, they couldn't figure out that last click. And I'm wondering with... Uh, with with electric cars, the battery disposal part is that the last plate that they need to figure out? No, it's the scaling to get it down to a price where it makes sense, where it's cheaper than, than buying a car that uses gas. Like okay. that's, what, that's what Tesla's been trying to do. And you, know, you hear about all these production delays. I mean, they're at this high level of trying to bring a car price down to where it's comparable to buying a gas car, and they still can't quite get there. They still can't quite nail that. Does everyone else miss that? Like Faraday. Future. I don't know if you've fair day. Fisker, Fisker, where there's like richest, richest cars, hundred thousand or, or more is, is how we operate. Yeah, right? the, the issue is that you have to make it make sense price wise where people will buy it. You have to make it sense where like it's a new thing and people are going to be hesitant, especially with a car. Like you don't want to be the first person to get a car that might have all these weird bugs or, or you know issues. Or that I could hack. So, yeah, and the Tesla's Tesla's kind of solution to that was like we're going to make these cars so sexy and so good looking and so sporty that that every rich person's going to want one jason that, and then once every rich person has it then everybody else is going to want one and we're going to make a cheaper version that people will be able to afford and get that same car that's where they're stumbling right now is that how do we make a thirty-five thousand dollar version of this eighty thousand dollar car for everybody else and, and you know but when you actually buy it it comes out closer to forty-nine thousand dollars real quick you're, you have a fun car. I used to have the same car, FJ Cruiser. Yeah. Very fun. Uh, yeah. Not aerodynamic. Not not easy on the environment. Definitely not. What does it take for Tesla to get your butt in the seat of that car? I, will, I, I was gonna, just going to say, I am almost sort of like ashamed to admit that I have a real Tesla owner right now. Like I, <laughs> I kind of want one. Scoot aside here a little bit. I kind of want one. Um, but the reason that I want it is because I just, like, I'm not a car guy at all, and I, I hardly ever drive anywhere. I just drive back and forth from my house and work, uh, and I'm not really nuts about performance, but I hate the idea, like, it just it drives me crazy, like, what a terrible investment a car is. Like, owning a car is just it's that thing that's just, like, constantly taking money from you. You know what I mean? And in my brain, for some reason, and maybe this is incorrect, 
like a Tesla somehow seems different from that. Like I'm buying this, it's gonna hold its value, I will, I will get utility from it, and then when I'm done with it, I will cash it in for you know a, a reasonable amount of money, which you can't do with a, a regular automobile. Uh, but the pro that's the thing is that it, they're, they're so expensive. Like you, you said, you you took your name off the list for the is it the Model Three? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. Which is supposed to be the affordable one. How is like why is the why is the affordable one a hundred thousand dollars cheaper than the other one? Like what what's on the the, the hundred thousand the the one that's the, you know tricked out that makes it worth that much more? Their thing was, was that we're gonna make so many of these and pre-sell them that we're gonna scale it to where it gets cheaper to make them. That was their solution. That's that we're gonna mass market wow. this and and make the production more efficient where we can sell them that cheap. And I think there are some options I think that aren't in the in the cheaper one. But what happens is that right now you can only get the one that has the longer range and the premium package. So you're out of the gate at forty nine thousand dollars. Right. And the thirty five thousand dollar version will be out until next year. But you can't even get it right now. So that's that's sort of where we're at right now is like so I was like, well I can wait a year and get the cheaper one, but they won't have the same, you know, range as the one they have now. That's where I stumbled. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's a good time for me to do this. But I, but I'm with you. Like as far as the automation stuff, and this comes up with my dad every year. It's like, I think I'm gonna buy a boat. I'm like, are you? Are you really? You know, <laughs> buy much, it. Do you know how much it costs? The worst to rent investment a boat? in the world. Fifty dollars. <laughs> like you can rent a boat for fifty dollars, and you're gonna spend, you know, what ten thousand dollars? Sir, is he getting a is he getting a aluminum piece of shit boat? He wants a boat to run around Lake Travis. That's seventy five thousand dollars. Right, exactly. It's like, why wouldn't you just rent a boat when you would need a, you yeah. rent a boat? You gotta that's rent a how boat. I feel about cars. It's like, I would love to not own a car. I would love to just rent one whenever I need it or just have it there available at, at you know, my beck and call, but that's not how it works. So if you're somebody like me, a raging Tesla owner, <laughs> are you saying just take a cold Tesla shower for a couple years? And then, like, is it going to be five years from now? Is it going to be a more feasible experience if they make it like that's the issue is like they've had so many production delays and they and they have so many problems trying to just get this thing produced on a mass scale like they keep having to stop the production line and like you know take a few days to improve this you know they're, they're talking about doing 24-hour shifts and like you know, they were supposed to be at a point now where they were producing like two or three thousand a month and they're nowhere close to that did they not follow the henry ford model i mean i, I don't mean to shit on them but seriously henry ford kind of perfected this whole thing where he's just like hey yeah. this is how the the line works and i have twenty thousand people in my car and so i'm going to make forty thousand a month that was that was the plan and, and like they're what's the, the, the difference the, the higher end teslas are kind of hand built like they, their production process is so precise and you know, aided by humans, that they're just great cars and very safe cars. With the Model Three, you're starting to get the sense that they're starting to cut some corners because you're starting to hear about, oh, this didn't, this, the bumper doesn't align quite properly, or this, right. there's this weird defect that. Well, that sounds safe. Where yeah, where they're starting to see it, most of it's software glitches too, where they're like, yeah, this software doesn't do exactly what it's supposed to do. Oh, we'll update it later. So you're starting to see that of like the consequence of trying to get it down to that price and cut those corners and get it to be a speedier production. They keep having to stop and go. Oh, you know what? That's not working. Let's fix this, or let's add more shifts. Or so, so dump guy production is Tesla going to be, and hopefully not. But it sounds like the way you're describing it. Is it going to be on the road Microsoft? I mean, it sounds like the way they're saying they're cutting corners. The bumper doesn't align. This is happening. We'll fix that later. It sounds like XP. 
I mean, it sounds like Microsoft. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds I, like Elon Musk went, Bill Gates, I get it now. You want to build it for the masses. We've got the sandbox for the perfect thing. We'll send some perfect stuff out that will always be Oracle that people can brag about, but no one can ever touch. Longhorn. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, the, the database that, that never launched, but certain companies still have it that beat IBM and beat Oracle, but no one can touch it because it was built in the sandbox at Microsoft. Are we going to get Windows on the road with some shit car that doesn't <laughs> fucking always work? Maybe the bumper comes off, but don't worry, we built the tire special to run over the bumper. So every car can run over the bumper, except for your FJ, it's going to pop the fucking tires because guess what? You're on the Tesla program. That's what terrifies me more. Is it like, nah, we'll fix it. That sounds like Microsoft, and no offense to Microsoft, but you've shit the fucking bed across the world, and you've become a haven for hackers. Well, if you, if you talk to GM or any other auto company, they will tell you basically our cars are computers on wheels now. Like our every new car. That but which one? But it sounds is a like computer on wheels, basically. Tesla's the Microsoft of that. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll fix it later. Every, every review I've read of the, of the Model Three so far has said, "Well, there's this little thing, and there's this kind of annoying thing in the software and the screen. You know, when you want to do the wipers, this this happens, and they wish it was better." But as a whole, this is an amazing car that's really fun to drive and really insane. Sounds like Microsoft, sir. Yeah, or it sounds like Microsoft. Or every new iPhone. It's like, well, they took the headphone jack and this thing doesn't work, but I'm still going to buy one. Like, that's sort of where we're at with Tesla. We're there for the Apple of cars. Does Tesla come with free Minesweeper? Because I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Words with friends or Minesweeper? Which one do you want? Oh, well, the words with friends, that's. That's, that's utopia right there. That's, that's utopia? That's my shit. Now, Apple says they might come out with a car. Probably with uh, a new headphone jack. They yes, for, Apple right. doesn't put in a lot of hats where they're like, where they'll hire teams to do stuff and then two years later we're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Apple, that's why you don't see a lot of new Apple products. They keep playing things and they're like, yeah, that's not really good. It's hard. It is. It's hard. And hardware is, it's in the name, right? It's hard. Yeah, hardware. <laughs> that's, that's quite the word, but uh, <laughs> well, it's my version for this podcast. No, that's why you haven't seen Apple roll out all these, you know, new products like the ear, the, those ear pods are like the last thing, you know, hardware-wise that they've introduced. They're getting out of the router business. They're getting out of the, uh, the what is it, the time machine hardware. That, like, there's a couple of time machine products. I wasn't ready for Whoa, the time machine. The, the router that also saves your computer stuff on it. Like, they got, they got out of that business. Oh, I know. I so, like, they, they keep phasing out things. I like thought there was a flux capacitor coming at us. Though. But you don't see big new categories of Apple products. Like, the, the, the head, the earbuds are, like, the last thing that they've done that's, that's new. And even that is sort of just an iteration of their regular earbuds. So, so now, hard left turn, but these guys get they steal the technology just to keep everyone up with the movement. They steal the technology. They get fucked two ways to Tuesday. And they realize they're not dealing with the government. Someone else has stole it from them. Ben Kingsley, his former partner, in the beginning of the movie, blah, blah, blah. In your world, you deal with, and we talked about this earlier, right, with Apple. You you deal with NDAs. You deal with, hey, listen, we're going to hold this embargoes till this day. What's been your greatest for lack of a better term, fuck you from a PR person or a company. We're like, we've got an embargo. This is huge news. It's safe for Austin. We're going to launch it in Austin. This is going to be amazing. And then you wake up in the morning and you're ready to hit send to your editors to get it all done. And 
VentureBeat or TechCrunch or the Austin Business Journal oh, yeah. has put a story out. Oh, that happens all the time. I mean, that's why I, like, <laughs> that's why I don't like embargoes. I don't, I don't like working that way unless we know it's exclusive to us that no one else is getting it. When it becomes a situation of like everybody's getting the same story at the same time, it's like, A, I don't want, I don't want to even write that. Like, if everybody's going to have the same story... Why am I even here? You know, it's like, yeah. it's like movie junkets. It's like, why am I here asking the same questions of this poor actor that everybody else is acting? I'm going to get the exact same kind of fight. That doesn't interest me that much, so I try to avoid that as much as possible. When it's exclusive to you and someone else gets it, also, like yep. that, that, that's bad, and that doesn't happen that often. Uh, this Apple thing was a good example that we talked about earlier. Was a good yeah. example of like we were supposed to have the exclusive, and yet everybody else had it out before we did because. All they did was just regurgitate the press release and the photos uh, and didn't do anything extra, so we ended up being late to, the, to our own exclusive basis. Jay, you ever get exclusives? We're uh, only, Jeff dies, I'm only going to talk to you. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, I'm going to put you on blast for a couple of weeks. Hun <laughs> yeah. Lamont's only I'm talking sure. to you. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's only talking to you, sir. Now I want to go back in time. I gotta go find 2005 tapes and investigate. (laughs) Did anybody else get got by a fake puddle of mud interview? That that would actually make me feel better about it. Uh, No, I don't. But I'm also not in the business of talking to important exclusive people. Just make jokes. No, but you you do you talk to some fun people. I mean, sure. We we uh, talked about things like three years ago. We talked about pets alive, which you I think you and Deb both support. Yeah. And we wonder we were talking about raising some money, and I thought it'd be fun if we incorporated a strip club from a gentleman that we both know that runs a strip club. Oh yeah. Or a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, and we do a topless dog walks. So you'd pay per the foot for a stripper to walk a. Sheltered dog around Ladybird Lake. <laughs> topless. Which, which, which topless is legal here in Austin. Oh, is it? Okay. It is. Jason so. had lots of good ideas. Not all of them make it. <laughs> not, not all of them make it to print, as you would say. <laughs> yeah, about 10% make it to print. And the ones that do, they're like, holy shit, you should do some more. And I'm like, I'm trying. But you fuckers, every time I do this, you're like, I don't know. I'm like, God damn it, please, just trust me. It's going to at least get some news. But if you did, for Pets Alive, a topless dog walk, where you had a line of ladies that danced topless for a living that wanted to get a tan around Ladybird Lake, and you said, listen, at the very least, if you don't want this dog, it'll feed it for a month. You're going to increase jogging. You're going to increase jogging around that track. You're going to... Because they're right there. They're right by Lady Bird Lake. Right, right, right. You can walk them right out and around. Let me stop you right there. It's got Are there any women on the board of, of <laughs> Awesome Pets Alive? Yeah. I think it's I all see a problem right there. I mean, we, we, like, we, how is this not a misogynistic thing you're doing here? See, I don't... But see, if it, I think it's other women doing it. Like, if, it was, if I said there's a guy's topless thing, I would think it's misogynistic. I would think if it's other women that do this for a living, like that's their job, okay. right? So it's 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 you not like embrace some sort of empowering angle. To ex- it. Exactly. Like I don't see it as because I'm not asking women. I'm not asking his co-host Deb to be topless uh-huh. to walk a dog who's never been topless before. She'd probably go for it. No, she so, wouldn't. She holds good. those breasts private, she, sacred. But she loves animals. That's she loves the, animals. That would be, yeah. That's a juxtaposed for her, right? Yeah. Is yeah. she in maybe a sheer bra? She's like, listen. Support both worlds, but you've got women that are already doing this, and I don't want to say that I don't want to diminish their career and say that their career is not important or what they're doing is 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 not. I, I don't want to get to that 
that battle, which I think, unfortunately, listen, hard left turn, forgive me, fast forward two minutes, if you don't want to listen to this. I did a college class that I taught where we talked about the power of language. And I walked in, and I locked the door, and I get the, I get the chalkboard, and I clear it off, and I say, everyone, your piece of paper, write down every horrible thing you can think about for every racial minority group. Write it down, every one of them. And in every one, write down little blocks and then cut it and put it off to the side. And then also do that for women. And if there's a women minority group that you think you've got special little words for, you write that out for them. Boom, they do it. Then I take them and I write them all over the board. And the discomfort in the room is palpable. It's disgusting and it's gross. And then I pull people out and I say, hey, you wrote this down, read it. Like, no. I'm like, no, read it. You wrote it down. They're like, no, like you have the power to write it with your pen to paper, read it out loud. It's just us in this classroom. And some would finally make a break and they would read it. And in all of that, I would say, now, now, in all of these words, with all of their power and all of their grossness that demean another person, write one word for a single white male that carries the same weight. And you can't. And this is the problem with feminism, is that you take a language that's devoted, that's created, that's driven by single white men, and you give it to women, and you say, by the way, don't fight, don't bicker, and grow each other, but we've created a language that only allows you to fight, bicker, and not grow each other. And then when you do something, it says, hey, listen, whether you dance naked or don't, whether you love to walk dogs or love dogs or cats or don't, here's something that can raise money for everyone. And people are going to pay because dumb white guys are going to give money, or dumb any guy is going to give money, knowing they're not going to get laid. This is the beautiful thing about strip clubs, right? Is that you go in, you give money, you're like, I'm never going to get laid. This is amazing. I'm going to go home super horny. It's the dumbest concept. Yet, women have the power on that stage to take extract money from you. If you take the same principle and you put it and you're rescuing dogs, why is it that a woman that's an executive director, let's say at Pets Alive, I don't know if there's a woman there or not, but let's say there is, would turn that down because that woman does a different job. Because men, white single men, control the rhetoric of society and have for many, many years. And until you change that construct and embrace and run after it, you're always going to be at a loss. I think it's not that... <laughs> now, 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 responsible journalist like, is going to comment. I don't know if that was profound or offensive. I'm not uh, sure. No, here's there. the thing. Uh, Please. And, and I, I work with a lot of PR people uh, in my game. Uh, it's that that organization will forever be associated with strippers from then on. That, that, from then on, oh, they're the ones that did that. But is that? But is, but, but is that? All, and, here's the question: it, Is that and, a bad thing that and you? And it's you not. A, that? And I'm assuming it's a family-friendly organization that you know has kid volunteers and teen volunteers, and then you get into that whole. So like, how okay, many? Now we're an adult, you know, stripper-associated organization trying to help us, and there's other ways to make money. There know? are. I think there are. I think there's a lot of ways to make money. I think it's interesting that 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 once again that that puritanical construct comes out versus say, hey, they did this, they raised some money, and by the way, they do these other things where naked ladies don't show up or half naked ladies don't show up, which by the way is legal in Austin. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, so when, when you not, do something legal in Austin... It's like, can't, you can do that, should you do that? You know, like just because you can do something, just because it's legal, just because it's 
like we'll make money, is that really the right thing to do? That's a smart so answer, then, Omar. I was just going to say, really what, the, say, what the Or is that the lowbrow, shady, you know, like... So, so, the, so let's go back to tech. To can, should. We can have cars drive us around. We have to program in something that says, hit this person, not this person. Do this, not that. Should we do that? Should we allow a machine to make the decision that you should make? It's the same scenario. Well, in my mind, the bridge is very short on those two things. Now, you could be like Jason, you're 100% off base, you're five beers in. <laughs> sure, hit the pause button and let me talk some more. But I see those as, as, as similar on different planes, but very similar in that can, should. Yeah. We can let a machine make a decision for us, should we? Because it doesn't have what we have, which is empathy. Right. No, but the thing with the self-driving cars is it's not about, oh, this is cool, we get to drive around in these cars, they drive, oh, the robot, oh, awesome. It's not, that's not the motivation. The motivation is there's 40,000 people dying on the road every single year in Texas. Let's cut those deaths down. Let's prevent some of those do you, deaths. Do you, think, do you think that happens? I, I, I honestly I believe, like, in, in, in a one-on-one, -on -one, and we've talked about this, right, where it goes, the car has to decide on who it hits and who it doesn't hit. That's what freaks people out. That's what freaks people that out. There's still going to be deaths. Yeah. But, but we're talking... Will if, there if, be, if, if this do you works, think there'll be as many deaths or no, less? That's the, that's the yes, way I'm way, less, way less. If it's hundreds versus 40,000, then I'm all in, even if those... I'm sorry, am I the only person who watched Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I the only person here who, who was able to rent on VHS Maximum Overdrive and watch it? I, people. But I, I keep coming back to that. We think we're good drivers. We're not good drivers. And I mean, the thing that uh, one of the heads of, uh, I think, Waymo, which was the one that Google spun off as a software, I think he said that really got me on board with this was like, I want us to look back in history and go, how, how did we allow people to drive in cars that right. were going to wreck against each other and kill tens of thousands of people every year? How did we even allow that? Like, we're going to get to a point where it's so few deaths that we're going to go, wow, that was a really barbaric thing we were doing. With so can I, can, I steal, can I steal that and say, I would like to look back and go, how would we judge someone who dances naked versus someone who educates and go, that one person is more important than the other person. And instead say, they both have viable jobs that, that pay taxes and, and, and contribute to the community. No, no one from Austin Pets Alive is saying, don't strip. Saying, <laughs> don't, don't, don't strip, strip with our dogs? In front of the kids and the... You know, well, right. we don't have to invite kids, but it is... It is a thing. Like, the if, you, the day, uh, if, if you've gone to... What's the, uh, what's the, what's the thing they swim in? No, no, the, uh, the cold, the, the, the really, Barton Springs, thank you, <laughs> Barton Springs, uh, every time I've gone there, there's no topless women. Yeah, it's, I mean, because Jason Jepson is correct, it is technically legal, uh, topless in Austin, and, uh, yeah, if you... No, I mean, use my last name, let's get it out there. Oh. Son of a bitch. No, it's fine, I'm I was just distinguishing between, before I got any emails, that's fine, email me too. Uh, but no, a topless is allowed, and yeah, at Barton Springs on a crisp summer day, you'll see some uh, topless sunbathers for sure. Uh, look, I'm 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 totally down with taking the uh, stigma off of the topless woman. I'm, I'm I'm not against that whatsoever, but I do think it's this this comparison that you're making is uh, is it a is strange, it a strange at best. That's fine. No, that's, listen. This is the this is the beauty of, of having really smart people on and then me on. Is that if we have the self-driving self cars, we have to have the top of the I mean, uh, whatever we're doing. Yes, one hundred percent. Whether the, where the car goes, sorry, you you can't wash my my boss's car. Next, 
no, I, I, I mean, listen, I, there are leaps that I make in my mind, which I love making, and, and, and there, there are things where people go, hey, hold on, come back to reality. And the best thing about this podcast and the best thing about my friends and everyone else in the Vegas Fact Checker and everyone is you can, you can call me back and go, sorry, you're absolutely full of shit. And I don't, I'm not offended by it because I probably am. I mean, this is the beauty of the internet. I think this is the beauty of a podcast. I think this is the beauty of, you brought up earlier, like, I didn't know who that guest was, but my producer did, and they were super excited to see them. The beauty of this is that dumb shit goes out there, but it's not dumb shit going out there alone. There's smart people that sit back and go, reel in your dumb shit, reel it in, reel it in. Nope, nope, not the same comparison. Lives lost, not lives lost, here we go. And, and that's that's the point of this, right? Is that you have a fun conversation, you laugh a little bit, and then sensible you and, and sensible Jason, sensible Omar, sensible Jason, go pause, reel it back in. It's not the same. It's a cute idea, but 40,000 lives lost, is that what you said? I mean, Jesus, that's a huge... Just in Texas. Yeah. In just Texas? Yeah. It's a disgusting number. I mean, that's a grotesque... That's, that's family, a grotesque number. Out, the drunk drivers, that's just, I mean... We're, yeah, and increasingly, we're getting more. It's not getting better. It's getting, we're getting more distracted and more, you know, more accidents and more people looking at their phones. And, and, I mean, I drive 35. I mean, I have a long commute. I live in New Orleans, so I see this every single day. I'm I 35. I'm on the road you know, almost two hours a day, and I, you know, the degree to which people are getting worse on the roads is terrifying. Hold on. You buried the lead here. <laughs> you buried the lead. You live in New Braunfels? Yeah. Let's talk about Schlitterbahn, man. Oh, that is, oh, I'm a 36-year-old man. No, we, now I'm the weak bladder. It's Jason's going to go Schlitterbahn. Hold, hard pause by me. my favorite place on earth. <laughs> me too. I love Schlitterbahn. Oh, really? That's I, awesome. This, Let's, is a, this is the first year we've not gotten to see the passes just because uh, see, we got a lot of stuff going on this You're summer. enabled by those goddamn kids. I don't have any kids. I just have to be the 36-year-old guy who's just like, hey, I'm here at Schlitterbahn. This means... I live 10 minutes away. I, oh I can go God. for like an hour swim and come back home. That's, it's awesome. That's tremendous. Uh, but... No, to the, I mean, I can't even believe that, I, I mean, I can't believe that we still have the self-driving cars and the tractors, but at the very least, you would have to admit that a self-driving car is better than you drunk driving. If we just eliminated, you know, the drunk driving deaths, that's, I mean, the 40, so 40,000 is just in Texas, you said. Uh, and yeah, that, that's like, if you just took out the drunk driving deaths, that's an incredible amount. Yeah. It's, yeah, and, and, we've, so, and we've been trying for how many decades to get rid of drunk driving, and it just doesn't happen. Right, right. So, yeah, I think any alternative where you can say, you know what, drink to your heart's content, the car will get you home, don't worry, you know, we got this. Like, we'll cut down on those deaths. Just that alone. Anytime I watch movies like this that have some basis in technology, oh. uh, like, have you watched Weird Science lately? We should do a Weird Science. We'll show, do a Weird Science, but real, real quick. Great, I mean, so it's now we're, we're, at, we're, at, we're at the point now. Who's going to be the blind person? Oh, um, it should I mean, be. Omar's taking his headphones off. I don't wear them. I refuse to because my ears get hot. That's why. I know, and then they're plugged <laughs> in. I've got a little gain thing I have to turn oh, up. I apologize. No I'm the worst. I'm still figuring out this soundboard. I apologize. Uh, it was an hour in bro. Like, wait a minute, there's no sound coming out. Or like, I, I at least like hear yeah. my voice and know how I sound. Jason sounds nasally. The other Jason coughs off to the side. Both of them need to Sorry be sponsored by Zyrtec. Sorry about that. 
Uh, allergies. The only good, the only person that sounds good in here is Tiffany, and she's ripping up tape behind us. And that's not her voice. That's just how she operates. All right, hang on. What is what is your plan here? So I mean, someone has to be blind. Someone has to actually be blindfolded. And they're going to get directed to get us a cocktail. So who's going to do it? Because we have a blind driver right here. He's not Al Pacino. This is not. Ooh, turn left. Thank you, son. This is sneakers. And we have the often copied, never duplicated, David Strathiam, who is pretending to be blind and driving a milk truck turned into a uh, ops van. That's the actor? That's the actor. So Where do I know that guy from? I know he's, been, he's, 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 he's great everywhere. He's been in a, he's, uh, he was on sci-fis. Uh, he was on a sci-fi show for a couple of yeah. years, everything else. So he's driving crazy. And he's getting direction from Robert Redford in his ear about where to go and what to do. So, of the three of us, who's going to be blind and who's going to give direction? I, uh, Omar, I'll leave it up to you. You're our guest. Omar, you're our do guest. You do you choose the blind, blind guy? Or do you want to? Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, how about you? I'm going to be blind. Oh. The, the fucking guy who created this show is yeah, going to be I blind. you were going to be in charge. <laughs> All right. So, now, you guys, real quick, take a look at your surroundings. I don't know if Omar wants another one or not, or if he, just, but he wants me to grab the Topo Chico. So Jason needs another beer yes. for sure. So you're gonna, so you and Omar are going to guide me right. from where I'm sitting now. I'm gonna close my eyes to the cooler to get in there and get you a beer. I can feel. I, I'm feeling it. All right. You're feeling it. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. And so you're just gonna. My eyes are closed. Eyes. I'm ready. Uh, okay, stand up. Uh, put your left arm out. I was trying to get you to grab Tiffany, but she's uh, she's being real fancy over there. Okay, put your left arm down. Uh, okay, uh, rotate 180 degrees. Omar, you jump in whenever you want, man. Take four steps forward. Four big steps. Two, three, four. Okay, if you're going to take those pussy steps, make it six steps. Uh, I feel something on my face! Yeah, Tiffany's, uh, she's putting ah! she the direction, uh, decorations on you. Uh, Alright, uh, let's do a 15-degree uh, turn to your right. 15-degree, like, that's easy for you. Uh, okay, now I want you to take a big step to your straight left. <laughs> Did that make any sense? That's not straight, that was totally, uh, but that's fine. Okay, now, five steps forward. Three, four, five. We're, we're making podcast history here. Uh, okay, now turn 90 degrees to your left. Put your hand out straight. That's a button. No, no, no. Okay, a little to your left there. You're going to fill the cooler. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill your way around. Fill your way around. Are Slide we, it open. Do you have to get something specific? Uh, oh, my God. That's going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, okay, he knows where his beer is. Yeah. That's, oh, oh my god, he, ladies and gentlemen, he got the fire eagle almost immediately. Can he find the Bud Light? It's on the... How dare you? I still have to make it back, you son of a bitch! Me, medium bottom shelf. Uh, yeah, one more down. There you go, there you go. Yeah, now to your right. Oh, oh, he did it again! Wow! Hey, wait a minute, Scott. Were you blind in a former life, Jason? <laughs> Do we have to get him back, too? Uh, we gotta get him back, yeah! Okay, 
drinking here in Dirty Bills. <laughs> good job, gentlemen. Oh, uh... Real good job. Um, we're hitting the climax of the movie. So, one, Ben Kingsley does not get... Robert Redford steals the, the technology. Ben Kingsley's like, give it back to me or I'm going to kill you. Guess what? Robert Redford tricks Ben Kingsley. He keeps the tech. Ben Kingsley's the bag. Well, the ponytail gives it away, sir. Oh, right. If you have a ponytail in the 90s and you're not Steven Seagal, you're a bad guy. This is just how it works. What I find more fascinating is the fact that there are a bunch of ragtag bunch of kids in San Francisco and they can afford this huge loft. How much is that? Ooh. And bad guys. Now, here's the question. So at the end, we have some great cameos. We've got some fun people. The government, the U.S. government, finds out they've got this technology, and there he is. And they say, hey, you give it to me. And Robert Redford and Dan Aykroyd and Aaron McDonald and River Phoenix, everyone has some, Sidney Poitier, everyone has something that they want. Your get-out-of-jail-free card, your... your, pat, your gold medal from... From the wonderful world of the U.S. government, if you have if you have a secret technology that they want online, and they go give it to me, you're like, but I want X. What is it that you want for them? Oh, uh, an island. I guess <laughs> one of the Cayman Islands. That would be nice. And they're going to ask for tax dollars. So <laughs> once again, you're going to sell that Cayman Island to Richard Branson. I would I would leverage a copy of whatever it is I'm giving them, sell it on the on the Silk Road, and then put that toward my island taxes. That's, that's a way Jason smarter response. Right. I was going to say, driving a Model 3. It's like, that's already a smarter response than I could ever. <laughs> like, can I get a laundry list and be like, okay, I want a Tesla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I have some incredible technology that the government wants for me, and yep. I can demand anything for it. Whatever you want. I'm probably going to say I don't want to pay taxes ever again. But that would indicate that I was going to continue working. So... Uh, that might not, that might not be good either. The presupposed income. Yeah, right, right. Oh, that's, uh, that's, uh, so it's, it's funny. So Robert Redford asks for a clear criminal record because he is a criminal. Oh. Dan Aykroyd asks for a Winnebago with burgundy interior and a full kitchen. <laughs> uh, the, the blind guy you guys just made me pretend to be, he asks for world peace and he goes, wait, I, I can't do that. He goes, well, just try. Sidney Poitier asks for a trip through Europe and then also wants to take Tahiti. And the government agent says, wait, Tahiti's not part of Europe. And River Phoenix jokingly chimes in and goes, hey, uh, 
or you don't have the technology yet, so you don't own maps yet. So Tahiti's in fucking Europe. Send him there. And then River Phoenix, who is who is single and a San Francisco 49ers fan, which I believe you are, Jason Dick. I can see by your hat. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Wearing a Cowboys hat. <laughs> He's not. Wearing a San Francisco 49ers hat. He just doesn't want to admit it. Uh, River Phoenix asks for the, the cute girl with the assault machine gun. He wants her phone. He just wants a date. This is back, I mean, this is pre, I'm sure. I mean, there, there she is. I mean, she's cute. If you could get... River Phoenix, I think he could do great. You think he could do better? I think he could do great. Yeah. I think he could do great. River Phoenix is like, hey, uh, if I had not died, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio wouldn't exist. He's Take a, that. I will, I will, I can have anybody I want. He's the handsomest guy in a room with Robert Redford in it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now, do you... Do you Hang on, I oh, came up with mine, Jason. Uh, hold on. Oh no, there you go. He's going extra deep on this one, Omar. This is not normal video. This is not normal video. Uh, I got it. Russian wheat. Russian wheat. I, I want... Oh, that is a good. A Russian wheat. Whoa, cheers. That is good. Someone has just added something new to sneakers. Good this for you, sir. This is what I want. And when I this have is the, why you listen. I have the unbelievable technology that the government wants, and I can have anything I want for it. I want two free murders. <laughs> I can murder any two people. Now, hang on. Don't, don't jump on dark. I have no intention of murdering anybody, okay? I don't think I can take a, take a life. But... How badass would it be to just walk around with that if everybody knew, hey, that guy could murder anybody for free. Like, you can have anything you want at any time. Just having that in your back pocket. Yeah, exactly. And now I need, I, need, I need to because I might... Do you need get, to talk to Tim Kennedy when I'm we get him as a guest? Because he can do that. I might He's get, a green beret. I might get drunk and waste one of my murders somewhere. And so <laughs> that's why I need to. Uh, but I think that's what I want. Can we drone that damn Daniel kid? Like, damn Daniel! Wow, <laughs> folks, listen. So there we go. That's pretty much the movie. Uh, I will say, all the other ones, I was at least reasonably familiar with what's going on here. Now, like I've sat here. Well, like you're reasonably familiar with yoga hosers. <laughs> How okay. dare you? At least, How at, dare you? at least I followed along somewhat. Uh, this no. movie, I have no idea what's happened here. I know that... The, that's the, the quality of our guests, though. I think the quality of our oh, guests is the you know fact that's that... That's good. We had a lot of intelligent conversation today, which is... We important. did. Uh, I have no idea why the nice old man from the Sandlot just walked away with the answering machine, but I'm sure I'll find out someday when I see this movie. Well, we're going to find out something. I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's actually it's a fun movie to put on the background when you're cleaning the house uh, or, or anything else, but more, more, more importantly, I mean, one... Omar, we're excited that, as you promised us earlier, that this would make the front page of the Statesman. This is exciting for us. I love this. <laughs> what a scoop! What a scoop! <laughs> yes! Uh, no, Omar, th thank you so much, man. This was this was a lot of fun. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I know you're busy. Oh, another credit. It's perfect. I mean, it's, timing is amazing. It's almost like I watched this four times to get ready for this. <laughs> Thanks, man. Seriously. Uh, this was, you know, I mean, Jason, thank you as always, just because I know you you get up at 
four-ish in the morning. As the credits are rolling, can I ask uh, how sure. how Brian T. Pitts came into this? No, he <laughs> was totally name dropped earlier in the show that he knows my competitor and long hated rival Bobby Bones. How do you, are you guys oh. friends or what's up? Uh, yeah, I I have written jokes for him. I really? Yeah, my friend. Michael. Oh, I knew somebody was writing. I, <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Whoa! Take that, Bobby! <laughs> I, can't, I can't vouch for all of them. But, just, uh, just, no, my friend. You can vouch for fifty percent of them. I, I'm in a, a group called the Latino Comedy Project, and my friend Michael Trejo, who's also in the group, who's also a radio guy. Yeah. Uh, he played he, the keyboards when Bobby had that TV show. On MTV. I was a writer on that. That's exactly yeah. when, when I wrote for okay. Bobby. It was for that MTV show. Uh, that was sort of his late night, like Letterman type right. show, and we wrote Huge the worst. Huge failure. Take that, the, Bobby. The worst Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton jokes you've ever heard in your life was for bread and butter every week. Uh, in front of a very small audience. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So hold on. Tech, culture, statesman 20 years, ups and downs of Austin. Jokes. And you bury the lead on writing jokes for Bobby Bones to make him funny to be a competitor to a <laughs> world-famous comedian, Jason uh, Dick. Come on, come on. They weren't great jokes. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say <laughs> His aren't great jokes. This is where our bar is. How dare you? I feel like Bobby, and then Bobby started writing his own jokes. Like I think he does do his own material. Now. Bobby is a very uh, talented and successful person who I have no real beefs with, but it's fun for me to... Uh, He's bringing his show here, you know. What's that? Show, yeah. His comedy show's coming here. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not, no? I'm not worried or joking. Are you not invited? <laughs> Uh, here, I'll tell you this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Omar's invited, so Omar's going to be there. Actually, if he needs an opener, Omar, you tell him when I'm I don't really talk to him. We don't really talk much anymore. He's so busy, but he is genuinely one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, he is constantly working. Even when he's has, quote, air quotes here, having fun, like, he's yeah. working. He's yeah. never, and exhaustingly so. Like, I, I remember going, like, Dude, you're exhausting. Let me tell you the cheat codes of life, as in the credits are just, we're, we're going to be done here in a second. Yeah. Calm Homie down. doesn't drink. I always wonder, I was like, if I did not have such crippling alcoholism, <laughs> would I be Bobby Bones? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Because, yeah, he's a worker. I'm, I'm not a worker. I mean, I, you know, my wife often asks that question. She's like, hey, if you didn't drink as much as you did, what else could you accomplish? And I'm like, listen, I'm a good dad. Uh, I've created some fun things that no one else has ever thought to create of. And I've got some other ideas that I just want to do that I'm just waiting for someone to write a check for that I think would be super fun and random. And some are expensive and some are super cheap. But she's like, like no one else thinks like me. She goes, yeah, because you're drunk. I'm like, no! <laughs> that's no! Because <laughs> I have a unique mind. I'm the guy in the movie. Was the unique mind. I'm, I'm, I'm more I'm more impressed with the fact that you you write you do what you do. So comedy, dad, paper, twenty years, understands tech, understands culture. It's a lot, man. That's impressive. You buried the lead on writing jokes for Bobby Bones. That was a, that was a while ago. Yeah, I still I still do some with uh, the comedy project. We have a show coming up at the end of May. Uh, awesome. So, anything else you want to plug? Anything else you got coming up? Uh, the I Love You So Much podcast, which we please talk about, talk about Austin culture and, and talk to, you know filmmakers and authors and just people doing cool stuff in Austin. We need to have you guys on. Dude, you can, listen. I'll come on anytime. Uh, one other thing, and just for you kids. First of all, once again, thank you, Omar. I, I can't thank you enough. I know you're busy. You've got a lot going on. 
Uh, Jason, I think I texted you this, but I mean, this is exciting. Uh, the dead guy from Weekend at Bernie's is going to be a guest as well for us coming up. So, and we're not doing Weekend at Bernie's. I think that's shitty to do a movie where it's like you didn't talk through the whole thing, but you lived it. We'll figure out something else for him. Some dead thing. Maybe we'll another do. Andrew McCarthy movie, like uh, Mannequin. Mannequin's yeah. a great idea. Oh, I'm sure that guy did other movies, right? He's done 198 other movies. That's probably a really, <laughs> yeah. That's probably a fun acting gig, actually, to be Bernie and Weekend of Bernie's. You know I mean, mean, I would assume so. Like, I don't. We're gonna find out. I'm learning lines after like the first 20 minutes, but then there's you know, there's you. You don't have to carry anything. There's a lot of physical comedy, and I feel like that's fun. We're gonna we're, we're gonna I'm find gonna we're, we're gonna find out a mannequin by the way I uh, might steal that thank you very much mannequin uh, on the move anytime you want us on let us know uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be there for you I can't once again I cannot thank you enough I know how busy you are and everyone uh, we appreciate you listening hold on, hold on. yes yeah, sir yeah please fried green tomatoes frequent flashback scenes La Bamba. He has nightmares of the planes crashing when he was a kid. Back to the future, time travel, all the things. Hey, you tied it together. Do you want to do a six-hour podcast? <laughs> no, 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 I told you. Never mind. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>